He answered our phone. Yes. He was in our house. Have you been sleeping with him? What are you talking about? I can't even believe that you were asking me this. I can't believe you're doing it. Don't look at me like that. I can't bear it. Stop. Stop. I did it for the insurance. That's it. I swear, Norman. That's all. If he is a public figure, it has to look real. That's all it is. I swear. I, I, I love you. Everything I have ever done, I have done it for you. You are my child. You are my priority. Then prove it. How? What? Let me come home. Welcome to Yes Mother, the podcast about the A&E Show Bates Motel. Tonight, we will be talking about the season four episode, episode seven, There's No Place Like Home, a.k.a. First Shush episode. <laughs> I'm Em, and I'm Sue. Look, this money, it, it doesn't belong to anybody. And who knows how he got it. And honestly, I couldn't think of a better use for it than to put it back out in the world through your hands. You've had nothing but bad breaks since you moved here, and you deserve some good ones. Don't know why. Okay, what jerk invented the phone? Someone downstairs is making jam. I'm making that too. You're right, Julian. I'm not normal. But I'm also not like you. I may be crazy like you are, but I'm smart. And I can get myself out of this place because I want to. I know how to make the world see me as someone normal, someone kind, someone nice, and you just can't do that. That's why you're never gonna get out of here. Norman, I'm not sure you understand. Norman does have the right to check himself out within the next 48 hours. And the only way I can circumvent that is if I petition the court and make a case as for why he might be a danger to himself or others. He's not violent. I didn't use the word violent. This is where we're starting to shush. <laughs> Everything's gonna be okay. Last last episode was the ending. Uh, we're gonna watch these, but shush them. Yep. Till the all end. S- all sorts of stuff could happen. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I'd also like to say that this was the Prince Memorial Podcast. Boom. Oh, yes. R.I.P. Prince. That was a shock. That was such a shock. That'd be very interesting to see what comes back in his like autopsy report. Yeah. Because he, I don't ever remember hearing that he was like a substance abuse guy. 
Seems like he was just way too into his music and art and stuff. Like, well, you know, I you could be get an injury. Totally wrong. It sounded like it was just like painkillers. I don't think it was big. Oh, really? Yeah, like drug use stuff. I think it was maybe he had an injury and got addicted and. Oh, see, I didn't know any of that. I just. I had heard that he had a flu, and I was like, how does a 57-year-old just die of the flu? What happens? I know, but that still seems young. I mean, I I know, like, elderly people do, and really, really young people. He seems like to be in that age that wouldn't just die of the flu. Right. But maybe. I don't know. It's too bad. He was a big part of... I was an 80s teenager. He was a big part of that. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's an artist I liked when all my friends thought I was really weird. <laughs> like in my circle of friends, you made fun of Prince. Oh, really? And I'm like, I like him. <laughs> huh? No, my circle of friends, we loved him. Yeah. And then Rob, you know, when when we uh, got together, we both had about 300 CDs each, and we only had. About four artists in common, and he was one of them. Was he one of them? Yeah. <laughs> that doesn't surprise me. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, he was. He was amazing. We had different CDs of each, so. Oh, how funny. That was nice. <laughs> yeah, I remember I had um. I had 1999 on on vinyl and uh, Purple Rain. I think those are the only two Prince albums I can remember. I, I probably still have them. Cool. He's the first guy I can think of that I realized that like little guys could be like totally sexy you know what right. I mean <laughs> oh yeah absolutely Just, he's tiny. he is tiny <laughs> <laughs> but sexy yes yeah probably my precursor to uh my giant crush on Niles Crane <laughs> <laughs> my giant secret crush <laughs> I didn't know it was a crush. I thought you just really liked his Oh, my gosh. I didn't know it was a crush. Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> uh, yeah, Niles. Oh, that's funny. I I crush on Niles more than I crush on Spike. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Don't, wow. don't worry about it. <laughs> okay, let's... <laughs> It was a secret crush. Okay. <laughs> anyway, R.I.P. Prince, where's that? Yeah, we are. That's gone too soon. 2016. What a. 2016's got to cool it. Cool it out. <laughs> <laughs> we got to keep the nails safe. <laughs> yes. We're suddenly very worried about Neil Young and we're, Neil Diamond. Yeah, we're worried about our nails. <laughs> so well speaking of music i need to um do a quick matter of business mm-hmm. um a couple episodes ago you were saying that mama i'm coming home by guns and roses would be a good song coming up <laughs> yes and it was like after midnight <laughs> i was very tired and i just kind of agreed with you but I knew something didn't feel right. Okay, it's not Guns N' Roses. It's Ozzy. Oh, it is. 
and I, I knew something was wrong. I was it was like almost twelve thirty, and I had to be up at five thirty, and I was just distracted and tired, <laughs> and just couldn't think, you know. Right. So I was just like, yeah, Guns and Roses, <laughs> but I just didn't, something didn't feel right, and I just want to say that we've got the nicest listeners in the world because I didn't see one email. Was there any tweets or anything? Okay, I'm like, it's Ozzy, you idiot. Because <laughs> I know people were probably thinking that. But you guys are all so polite. Not one of you said anything. And it would have been fine if you did, but wow. Yeah. Like, even that night, like, I went to bed. And, I don't know, one of my cats, like, jumped on my head or something and woke me up at, like, 2. And and I was like, that was Ozzy. <laughs> <laughs> and then I went back to sleep. <laughs> Let's just say that eighties metal is not my forte. <laughs> metal as a whole is not my thing. I like some of it and by some I mean tiny little bit. Ozzy <laughs> Ozzy and Black Sabbath happen to be something I do like in the metal genre. So anywho. I listened to Ozzy before I listened to many others. Sure. Ozzy is good. I mean, it's good music. (laughs) (laughs) Many others is not good. (laughs) So, Um, there's that. Speaking of the nicest listeners, did you see that we got another review? I did not, huh? It's it's actually not nice. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) Um, but I need to bring it up. <laughs> well, we read our reviews, so I'm going to read this one. Okay. And I have a couple thoughts about it. It says, um, okay, horrible podcast by New Traveler. I can't believe anyone would continually listen to this podcast. I listened to the season four, episode one podcast, 10 minutes into the podcast, and they hadn't even started talking about the show. They showed no excitement about the new season starting or about anything that went on in the new episode. The laid-back giggling girl hosts are boring. After Buzz's Bates Motel podcast is a hundred times better than this horrible one. (laughs) (laughs) I I want to thank News Traveler for adding that last sentence. Oh, because that's fantastic. Yeah, because let me just say, okay... I've given this lecture a few times, and it's been a while, so I'm going to say it again. We are a niche podcast, and we produce and make a podcast that we like to listen to, the type. We're, we don't pander, <laughs> and we don't. Um, we didn't go to DJ school, so when we open the podcast, we're not like, whoa, hey! <laughs> Baseball tail started. Let's get a bump. <laughs> I bet the first ten minutes was filled with um, talking about the new guests and whatever. Anyway, we were pretty if, excited about starting. <laughs> we were very excited. Thank you very much. <laughs> but it, if you're the type that likes the AfterBuzz and it's a hundred times better than ours, then you are not for us. You are not a listener for us, and that's cool. <laughs> and we realize we're a niche podcast, and we also realize that there aren't a lot about Bates Motel. There's basically after Buzz and ours. Yep. And we are very sorry for if we're not your thing. But 
I want to say, if you're going to listen to 10 minutes of a podcast, and then, I don't know if he went on, but I imagine they didn't. They listened to 10 minutes and stopped, and then wrote a review about it. That sucks, dude. Yeah, that sucks. You can write a bad review, but give us a shot. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Anyway, I don't know. I don't think, After Buzz is kind of a, it's just, they can't really get in to the show much. It's just like overproduced, um, I don't know. If that's your thing, it's like a, it's like the Entertainment Tonight of news. <laughs> right, right, exactly. And they that can be very, your thing. They don't go very in-depth, and I I don't really want to knock, since they're like our only quote-unquote competition, but get the names right of the characters at least. Come. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> Sometimes I think a couple of them don't even watch the show. <laughs> but anyway... And yeah, if giggling isn't for you, our podcast is not for you. And we realize that. We do a niche podcast for people that like this sort of podcast, and Sue and I happen to, so that's why we're doing ours this way. And I think we found our little niche of listeners. Yep. But I also wanted to say, if you do like our podcast and you have not left a review on iTunes, we would appreciate it. One, just to get this bad taste out of our mouth. Yeah, let's uh, balance those scales, as Romero would say. Yes, we we still have four and a half stars overall. Right, um, that's excellent. It didn't bring our score down at all. But um, anyway, just ego-wise, <laughs> if you could just give us a nice review, just so we, uh, that's not the last one we get for a while. Well... That one just whatever. <laughs> I mean, seriously, <laughs> if After Buzz is your thing, go right ahead and listen to it. Yeah, you can listen both if you want, but whatever. Okay, <laughs> that was our latest review. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, News Traveler. Was that something like that? I don't know if it was new or news. And if you're hate listening. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to giggle. You can't stop us. Yep. (laughs) You get Sue and M, you get giggles. We come from a family of laughers. Yeah, there is no way that's stopping. Okay. Nope. Should we go to feedback? Sure. We got one from Kristen Reidman. She was one of our newbie um, watchers on Sue Watches Puppy. Yes, she is and a Sue's nice sister-in-law. Sister-in-law. Yes. <laughs> and I have a cat named after her. That's right. <laughs> little, little, little Kristen Redman. <laughs> <laughs> she says, Hi, Sue and M. This season of Bates has been so captivating. Keeping the Caleb storyline alive lets us see more of Chick. And Chick is awesome. But I would really be happy to never see Caleb again. There are so many other great storylines. Oh, I have to say, these first two feedbacks we got were before this last episode premiered. So they're not going to talk about the new one. Oh, that's right. Okay. And then she goes on and says, Norma and Romero are adorable. After only two weeks, Norma feels like they have made it. (laughs) That's so Norma. (laughs) She's ready to settle into happily ever after. And when Romero stood by her in that last scene, I really hoped she was going to get that happily ever after. We all can if you, this is episode one of the episodes. (laughs) Stop watching. (laughs) Or just shut them all. (laughs) 
Dr. Edwards has been amazing with Norman. I don't think he would be so forthcoming with him. He is probably thinking about writing a book on the crazy stories of the very normal Norman Norman. <laughs> <laughs> that is great that Norma and Norman are all like normal. Normal. <laughs> you could That's... do wonders with a title. <laughs> <laughs> One minute, I feel like he is going to really help Norman, and the next minute, I feel like Head Norma is going to strangle him. Thanks for the great podcast. I love listening to you guys. I can't wait to hear what you think, Chris. Thanks, Chris. Thanks, Chris. I I, I would also like to include in my shushing, this is like, okay, last episode, and then the first bit of this episode till the phone rings is like the, um, like the epilogue. <laughs> <laughs> and then you go alright they planted fruit trees canned fruit in that fruit cellar and made curtains and did improvements on the house and yep. they lived happily ever after and That's just right. picture them with their little fruit tree orchard backyard yep. it's an old couple so then we should phone rings what I didn't hear a phone ring. <laughs> Who invented the damn phone anyway? <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> <laughs> yep. All right. Our next one's from Iggy. And this is a comment card for episode five and six. Iggy has been a bit on a scandal binge, so she has she's Iggy was too into scandal, she couldn't make time. <laughs> <laughs> so welcome back, Iggy. <laughs> Glad to have you. <laughs> um, she says, I finally caught up to Bates, and I am actually happy that I watched it one after another. Yeah, it's got that to it. Um, she says, you can add this to my next comment card for the most recent episode tonight if you want. I just wanted to comment for both episodes. Norman, a.k.a. Freddie Highmore, is so good at his acting in both episodes. He is amazing. Also, Romero saying... They had no choice to killing Bob Harris was his way of proclaiming his love for Norma. Chick is one big guy. He towers over Romero and Norma, LOL. <laughs> Emma and Dylan have a wait time. Four to six weeks, baby. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she says, the vault. For sure, Dylan is going to look into Emma's mom's death. Now we know why Norman's preferred choice of weapon is a knife. And finally, the feels. Norma and Romero, where are we going was the sweetest words out of Romero's mouth ever. I'm officially in love with those two. Your resident B&B guest, Iggy. <laughs> Thanks, Iggy. I'm Thanks, in love with Iggy. them, too. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And we'll read your other comment card. Oh, yeah. Separate. We'll just keep going. Yep. <laughs> okay. Uh, Julia. I keep forgetting if it's Julia or Julia till I look at it. Okay. Julia writes, oh, her subject line is, one, two, Norman's coming for you. That's so creepy. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. Say it that way. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Bravo, Nestor Carbonell. Wow. I feel like I need to sit this one out and listen to what everyone else has to say about the brilliance that is Bates Motel. But as usual, I can't resist sharing a few thoughts, so here they are. 
Oh gosh, it's Vicky. Why the bit does she bother me so dang much? I don't understand it. Yeah, I'm with you, Julia. I feel the same way, and I don't know why. <laughs> she just annoys me. She's the lady that oh. works at Pineview. <laughs> she doesn't bother me at all. <laughs> it's so weird. I don't know why. <laughs> you guys and your Vicky hate. <laughs> Down with Vicky. Um, hasta la vista, Rebecca. Hope I never see you again. Are we going to see Rebecca again? You know, that was kind of weird. I don't know. And if we don't, why the bip was that storyline even in the show? <laughs> I don't know. Just to add tension for a little I, bit? It, to make it, us think it's going to be terrible? It didn't really add that much tension to me. <laughs> I The DEA is coming back. Yeah, I want to... She's got to. And so she's coming back. And yeah, they just wouldn't... She had a weird hug face. She did. When they hugged. Yeah, I just, I I don't think she can leave. Mm-mm. Or she'll leave and come back, or I don't know. Because, yeah, if that's the last we see of her, then that's a big what the bit for the whole season for me. Yeah, I think she's coming back. Because you could take out that. I mean, the only thing that she really did was bring Norma and Chick together, but they could have found a different way to do that. Hmm. You know, by breaking the stained glass window. Yeah. <laughs> nah, she's coming back. Yeah. Um, I could watch that Norma Dylan scene a thousand times and be thoroughly amused every single one of them. <laughs> yeah, that was good. Me too. I watched it about <laughs> ten times. I kept rewinding it. I loved it so much. <laughs> <laughs> Did Emma die? <laughs> That's the best. I laughed so hard I had to pause the show so I could compose myself. <laughs> Norma Louise Bates is utter perfection. Yes, she is. Oh, that's so great. <laughs> no, I just told you. We were going to with the tree. <laughs> oh, my God. Did Emma die? <laughs> that was so great. <laughs> Smart Norman is the scariest Norman. Ooh. Norman, man. Um... Yeah. He played Dr. Edwards like a fiddle, and I cannot believe he fell for it. Yep. Yeah. Bye with my little eye, Dickie. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we'll see Dickie again. So. I know. That makes me sad. It makes me so sad, and he didn't even have any lines. I know. Dickie <laughs> with no lines is like a symphony with no music. <laughs> 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 Uh, Romero brought a, bought a new flash, a new flat screen TV, and put it in the family room. How thoughtful! Now get a hammer, smash it up, and throw it out the window. <laughs> a piece of such modern machinery has no place in the Bates household. I really did not like that TV, and the football game just added insult to injury. <laughs> it was weird in there. It looked so out of place. And it was in front of the fireplace. Fireplace, yeah. They need to find another spot for it. I found the perfect spot for it. Dylan's bedroom needs to be like the TV room. Dylan's moving. Yeah. Take the bed out. Put a couch yeah. in. Yeah. There you go. Because that downstairs is just no place for a TV. But you could have a little, you know, Dylan's moving out. You can have a little uh, dead. Not, yeah. I mean, it doesn't have a... It looks weird, that style of TV. The one they had before that was like that old... 
70s like hunk of wood right. cabinet thing with the TV in it. That was appropriate. Yeah, well, it it was meant to look out of place, and the football game was meant to look way out of place. Yeah, like, huh. Romero lives there now. <laughs> <laughs> and his big surprise. <laughs> oh, so cute. <laughs> he was so happy. <laughs> I know. <laughs> oh, boy. Okay. <clears throat> Loved when Dylan walked into the kitchen looking for Norma. Another callback to the pilot. There have been a lot of those this season. I didn't catch that it was a callback to the pilot. Yeah. I thought Dylan didn't come in until, like, the second episode. Was it Norman looking for Dylan, for Norma in the kitchen when he wakes up after killing his dad? Hmm. I don't know. I don't know. Explain, Explain yourself, yourself. Julia. <laughs> <laughs> and she might have just yeah, Dylan doesn't show up till episode two. Nice town you pick, Norma. And I don't know if he goes into the kitchen looking for her, so Explanations, please. <laughs> um This is the beginning of the bitter end people. Get ready. Yeah, we know. Yeah. That pretty much does it for Randall. <laughs> Rando. <laughs> that was supposed to be an end. I like Rando better. <laughs> I think she's saying Rando thoughts. I like okay. Rando. Me too. Does it for Rando thoughts on the episode. Till next week, Julia in the Razor Clan room. Thanks, Julia. Thank you, Julia. Ooh, you get a little one. <laughs> <laughs> the next one is from Kimberly. And she says, all I can say is watch out, Romero. Norman is coming home. Yep. I give it 10 out of 10 paper mache Junos. Kim mm-hmm. in the candy corn room. <laughs> Thanks, Kim. Thanks, Kim. Do you want me to read Daniel's? Sure. So. One sentence. <laughs> <laughs> um, Daniel says, hey, Em and Sue. Well, this episode left a big smile on my face. <laughs> I'm sure it did. Although, I don't know. He says, which was a welcome change after the last week's emotional gut punch. Norman's time at Pineview has been a fascinating exploration of the character, but I'm glad to see him returning home now and the hottest mom a boy could ever ask for. <laughs> you should have seen my seen my face when Norma asked Romero to help zip her up. I was like, Norman is the one who gets to do that, girl. <laughs> <laughs> I think the fact that she went into Norman's empty room right after shows that it wasn't lost on her either. <laughs> to clarify, <laughs> I mean, I think it sank in for her a little more that she's grown so close to Romero, she's starting to rely on him for things that she used to rely on Norman for. And the show made a point out of, well, pointing this out. Given how many sensual Norman zip-ups, how many Norman zips-up Norma scenes we've had in the past. (laughs) That's how it's supposed to be. The husband zips up. The The teenage boy stays in his room. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) But, oh, I think he's got a good point because she did... After that little scene, she did go right to Norman's room and kind of look around wistfully. Yeah, but 
given everything else that happened in the episode. I mean, until she, she came home. I think she was really, I'm sorry, but I think she was really pleased that it was Romero. Mm-hmm. And oh, yeah. just, there was no happier Norma than sewing drapes Norma and canning fruit Norma. <laughs> right, right. So maybe she got went into Norman's room to look around like, this would make a good sewing room. <laughs> Yeah, maybe that's what she was doing, Daniel. <laughs> Sorry, Daniel. <laughs> um, he says, It was great seeing some of the old Norma back with her dismissive reaction to Dylan's concerns over Audrey's suspicious disappearance from the motel and Norman's violent side. The classic Norma shush was on full display. <laughs> yes, it was. <laughs> yes. And how she got right into Nor- Dylan's face. Well, just say it out loud, then, because you're going to hear how stupid it sounds. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it struck me while watching this hmm. that has Norma really seen Norman's violent side except for maybe killing Sam? No, Dylan was sure. That was not very violent. Right, that was a, you know, stop hurting my mom. Yeah. You know. I mean, he was actively hurting her. Right. And he hit him with a blender. But Dylan has sure seen a lot of weird stuff that Norma has not seen. Like, Norman and Dylan had that huge fight in the kitchen where Norman came after him with a meat cleaver. Mm -hmm. And he had to, like, punch him to knock him out. Dylan witnessed her making breakfast in the morning, you know. Well, Norman making breakfast in the morning as her. Norma hasn't seen any of this. so She she did get chased around by him the night he went into the institution. Yeah. He didn't. That's true. He was just, he was kind of coldly chilling. Not as much, like, violent. No, I think you have a point. And she shushes. I think that's what makes it easy for her to shush it. And harder for Dylan, because in his mind, he's like, you haven't seen what I've seen, you know? Or not as much, but... Yeah, now, when she was cutting his hair, is it the first episode this season? And he talked about killing Bradley Martin with a rock and stuff. And mm. she was shaking so hard. Right. Um... So she's witnessed, like, weirdness, but not... Actual violence. Not coming after with a meat cleaver and stuff. Yeah, I still... Yeah. I forgot about that. I still the... think she's shushing pretty bad saying... She is. Just say she it is. out loud because you're going to hear how stupid it sounds. Yeah. Yeah. All right. But no, you're right. Too. Well, and Dylan also doesn't have the shush because it's not his son. It's his, just his brother. Stepbrother. Yeah, half, there's half brother. There's no shush with Dylan. Yeah. So. Okay. Uh, Norman's line to Julian, how he knows how to appear normal to the world, seemed a little uncharacteristic, uncharacteristic, and more in line with what we talked about before about how Norman isn't a manipulative sociopath like Dexter. If he was like that, you'd think. He could have been fooling the whole sanitarium as soon as he got there instead of showing his vulnerabilities and actually trying to get help. 
Did either of you suspect any of his tearful pleadings this episode were deliberate manipulations? Um, yes. Yeah. Every single second of them were. I... I I do think the one with Dr. Edwards down when Dr. Edwards finally agrees to sign the release papers definitely was. Oh, the mom one was too. You think the mom one was? Yeah. Okay. He was a tremendous dill hole this entire (laughs) episode, if you ask me. I am not on Team Norman right now. (laughs) (laughs) Just so you all know. (laughs) Um... He says, I could go either way on the one to Dr. Edwards. In either case, I'm glad to hear that Norman will still be meeting with the doctor since he's been such a welcome addition to the cast. Oh, and if the writers thought Norman's line, frankly, I don't remember the progress we've made, is good enough to explain why Norman in Psycho doesn't know about his illness, it isn't. Norman was in his right mind when Dr. E told him about his disorder and how he becomes his mother. Yeah, I thought that was a weird, was that just a, was that just being a dick? He's just being pissy. Okay. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Most of it. I think. Yeah, I think he was a mani- mani- manipulative, pissy a hole. <laughs> <laughs> so, Chick's a giant lame a hole, and Norman's a manipulative, pissy a hole. Yes. <laughs> Let's get these right. Let's get straight. <laughs> yeah, I was kind of thinking that when he said that, he was just saying that to be kind of a dick. Yeah. So, yeah. We've seen this side of him, but never this much. Right. Right. He was a little bit like this in season three. Yes. Yes. Yeah, we've seen him. Well, and Daniel's right. He was in his right mind when Dr. Edwards was telling him that, so... Yeah, but Norman has a shush, too. And yeah. And he also has voices in his head that tell him... What to shush? Yeah. Yeah, you know, head, yeah, Norma. I... head Norma's a better shusher than... <laughs> than real Norma. She, like... I don't know, maybe Head Norma did shush all that out of him. It's possible... Um, it's also... I love how shush has just become the word. <laughs> I know. It's appropriate, though. It works. It is. <laughs> Did we start it with this or with Buffy? <laughs> I think it was Buffy. I don't know. Maybe it was. I don't remember. Huh. If anyone knows the origin of shush, let us know. <laughs> um... I don't remember my train of thought. Oh, sorry. I don't remember what you said either. I don't know. Whatevs. Okay. Whatevs. Um, he says, it was so interesting to hear the way Norman and Norma talk to each other in the scene of the lobby. Just the strangeness of their relationship. The secret understanding that they have with each other. And how she caters to him so much and is desperate to reassure him that her new marriage was just for the insurance. It has to look real. I was actually disappointed in Norma to see her bald face lie right to Norma's face, even though he just mentioned her husband. And there's not, no logical way he could have, he would have pulled that information from thin air. So then to see her straight up try to lie to him and deny it at first made my heart sink a little. 
But the way Norman talks about Romero being at our house and using our phone, there's just no room in Norman's world for anyone but him and Norma being in the innermost circle of their lives. And how can, and how he can just directly ask her if she's sleeping with Romero like that. It's just like how he was in the first season with Deputy Shelby or the second season with George. He feels like they're supposed to belong to each other, and it makes total sense that he, the son, has the right to know who his mother has been sleeping with. Just the complete unconventional nature of their relationship, that something like that is his business, and it totally always has been because Norma not only used used it to get back at him before out of spite when he wouldn't emotionally connect with her, but has consistently always been so careful to try to reassure him of the meaninglessness of their relationships with other men. I'm sure she's planted these kinds of assumptions in Norman's mind as he grew up with her and Sam, maybe telling him how one day it would just be the two of them or how she loved him like she could love no other person in the world. Sorry for rambling here, but I just find it so fascinating to see the way they interact and the subtext of it. When those two talk together like that, it's like we enter a twilight zone of sorts where it's the Norma and Norman fantasy. If Norman is a monster, he's partly one of Norma's own making for raising him the way she has. And yet you can't really blame her because she did the best she could out of impossible and awful circumstances. Yeah, I mean, I agree with absolutely every everything Daniel just said. I may have different feelings about it. <laughs> but I think he's totally right. <laughs> right. <laughs> no, yeah. I it it is odd how he thinks it is his business like have you been sleeping with him? <laughs> you know. I mean, yeah, was... he was acting like her boyfriend. Or mm-hmm. you know, like ex boyfriend or something. Husband, ex boyfriend <laughs> yeah, or something. Ex-husband. And I wasn't disappointed that Norma just lied to Norman, like, what are you talking about about the marriage? That's just so Norma to me. Oh, yeah, That's... this is not our first rodeo with that. <laughs> <laughs> I I'm would expect like, just tell the truth that just frustrates me i would expect nothing less oh i would expect nothing less either it's just it's frustrating to know (laughs) that i know you're just lying to their face and they know it and there's just no she did it both of them in this episode (laughs) dealing about the she stayed at the motel (laughs) (laughs) she sure didn't to romero though she just was out with it the second she walked in the door. Yeah, I I think she's digging this honesty with mm-hmm. that the two of them have, and I think it's like liberating to her. Yeah, you but know she she's not there with the sons. <laughs> she's not there. Yeah, the sons she can still like teach just fine. <laughs> but with Romero, I I just I really think. I think she desperately wants this to work and she knows that honesty is a huge factor in it. Yeah. You know? So. Um, he says, it's it was so sad and sweet the way Norman couldn't hold back the tears, though as he broke down and told his mother he needed to come home and be with her again, and the way Norma couldn't hold them back either and broke down right, right with him, smothering him with the missed week's worth of affection I can't get enough of seeing those two act off each other. See, interesting, because I read that as him totally manipulating her, so I thought it would upset Daniel. Huh. 
But I guess if you don't see it as him totally manipulating to get home. Right. It, it happened right after his thing with uh, Julian, though. Where he's like, I know how to. <laughs> I know how to play everyone like a fiddle and get out of here. Yeah. And then cue that scene. Anyway, so I thought that would bother Daniel, but I guess you can read it how you read it. Yeah. That's how I read it. We may disagree. Uh, why doesn't Romero seem to vocalize how weird he must think it is that Norma had to reassure her son Norman that their marriage was just for the insurance? You can just see his face fall flat when she tells him that Norman is coming home. I can't wait to see how those two interact living together, though. We're in for some good old-fashioned love triangle, and Norma's going to be stuck in the middle. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah, he seemed... I felt pretty bad for Romero when she said that Norman was coming home. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> and I think that she was, was like... moons over. I know. And then she <laughs> thought, I just screwed it all up. <laughs> I was like, yes, you did, woman. Well... It... She, you saw her um, childish behavior there. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, she felt like she got in trouble, and then she just kind of, oh, I just screwed it up. And then he, he had to, like, normal wrangle. He had to do some Norma handling. <laughs> yes, he did. Just kind of backpedal, backpedal. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's fine. You did what you had to do. You're his mother. I'm not a mom. I've never been a parent. <laughs> right. And I just love how he even added, you know, Norman's never had a positive father figure. So, you know. Oh, when he said that, there's only one thing I thought of, and that is Chet. <laughs> so did I. I was like, Romero, he had Chet, remember? <laughs> <laughs> no, Romero is Chet. Please call him Normie. Please. <laughs> Hey, Normie. <laughs> <laughs> I want to go watch Psycho 4 again all of a sudden. <laughs> hey, Normie, man, I just had a lot of sex with your mom. <laughs> Wearing your dad's robe. <laughs> he just takes his toast and eats it. <laughs> but the thing about the weirdness about Norma having to reassure Norman that the marriage was just for the insurance. Um, that kind of makes sense to me because oh, it totally for one makes thing, sense to me. they did get married for the insurance. You know, that was the motivation behind the marriage, yeah. at least her proposal. You know. Yeah. And frankly, if. One of my parents, if my parents had been divorced or now our mom's dead, you know, if dad suddenly was like, yep, yeah, get married, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'd be like, what? Well, I mean, take, okay, take anything sexual out of it between Norma and Norman. Take right. it all out and make him just a normal teenage boy right. that lives with his mother and is close to her. He gets admitted into a mental institution by the sheriff of the town in accordance with his mom. And then to find out that they got married while you're gone, that is going... gone two weeks. <laughs> yeah, that is going to bother any 
any teenage son. And I can see that to make it less of a blow, any normal mom, (laughs) if they even have that excuse, and she does, would say that. Just to lessen, just, it's a big deal. I mean, it's a big deal to any kid of really any age for a parent to get remarried. Right. It's a big deal for Norman because he's, you know, it's not normal. And it's it's a unique relationship and he is definitely through his own mouth sexually attracted to her. Right. So and she knows it. Although that doesn't I don't think that needs to even factor in to why she had to reassure him. I in short, I didn't read it as her like, oh, oh he means nothing to me. You, <laughs> you right? Know, I, I still don't see Norma having that kind of feelings about him. Well, she's probably over this last two weeks. She's probably been trying to figure out how is she going to tell Norman this, and then suddenly he knows. Yes. So she's like her... blindsided by that. Like, oh, yes. crap, he knows. And you I can know. see her wanting to ease him into it slowly. Sure. Sure. And it's going to be, you know, madcap well, and hijinks it's... while they're, like, kissing in one room and he's going to walk into it. Exactly. You know, that kind of stuff. I think it's going to be fun to watch Norma and Romero try and make it seem like it's <laughs> not a loving marriage. <laughs> 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 We're in for some fun. <laughs> but, you know, it, Vicky, you know, the woman at Pineview, she also kind of backed Norma up a few scenes later by... You know, your stepfather's insurance has approved you for the next three months. So that right there right. shows to Norman that she wasn't lying. She did. They are using his insurance, you know. Right. So he shouldn't be so suspicious, but he is. He he must have seen some sparks fly between those two, as we did last season. <laughs> yeah. But it seems like he wasn't present in a lot of those scenes. But he did stay at the motel for, what, three or four months? So Right, and knowing Norman, he, Norman, he is going to be jealous. So he's, Yeah, anyone who pays attention whether, to her. Yeah. yeah, whether he saw sparks or not doesn't yep. matter. So, okay. Okay, Daniel says, P.S. The show missed an opportunity with Dr. Edwards. This is my idea for how to end Norma and Norman's show long. Well, they won't they. <laughs> he's, he's been fantasizing. Um, so, I love it. <laughs> so, Dr. E tells Norma that he thinks a lot of Norman's issues stem from his psychosexual fixation on her, his mother. Norma being the mother who will do anything for her beloved son and try anything, no matter how crazy, gets the idea to ease Norman's repression by. Essentially sexing him back to mental health in the hopes of helping him get over it. And she knows it's so wrong, but yet feels so right. Barbara and Anthony, Bakeland, anyone? And I will totally write this fanfic if the show doesn't use it. <laughs> if you write that fanfic, I am going to read it, Daniel. <laughs> It'll be my first piece of fanfic I ever read. <laughs> I don't get the Barbara and Anthony, Bakeland. I don't know that reference. I don't either. Explain yourself. Um, we could probably Google it. We probably could. Um, okay. I'm using all my devices for the podcast right now. <laughs> <laughs> he says, okay, I hope I made both of you laugh and there 
laugh there, and sorry this ran so long. From the Dream Lover Room, Daniel. <laughs> Dream Lover <laughs> is appropriate. <laughs> um, thanks, Daniel, and uh, all, all your um, comments on the Facebook page will be directed at me, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get some stern comments. <laughs> <laughs> Direct them at me. Okay. Okay, so here's what I learned. Okay. Barbara Bakeland, is that mm-hmm. what you said? I guess Was so. a wealthy American socialite who was murdered by her son, Anthony Bakeland. She was the ex-wife of oh, blah, blah, blah. She was murdered at her London home when her son, Anthony, stabbed her with a kitchen knife, killing her almost instantly. Anthony was found at the scene of the crime and later confessed to and was charged with her murder. So, says under relationship with son. Barbara had a complex and allegedly incestuous relationship with her son, Anthony, who was gay or bisexual. Um, She attempted to fix, in quotation marks, her son by hiring prostitutes to have sex with him. After this failed. (laughs) While the plan. (laughs) (laughs) While the pair were living in Majorca in the summer of 1968 following Barbara and Brooke's divorce Barbara was alleged to have manipulated or coerced her son into having sex with her. During his young adulthood Anthony displayed increasingly regular signs of schizophrenia with paranoid tendencies and his erratic behavior called concern among family friends. He was eventually diagnosed with schizophrenia however his father initially refused to allow him to be treated by psychiatrists a profession he believed to be amoral. Over the years, Anthony and his mother had several violent arguments involving knives. I would say that is quite apropos. <laughs> involving knives. Except for the, the gay Knife stuff. Knife fight! <laughs> <laughs> the gay stuff of the prostitutes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Take those away and you've got Norman. Norm- you do? That's funny. Huh? <laughs> I've never heard of these two. <laughs> yeah, I haven't either. Alright. Back to Gmail. Okay. Thanks, Daniel. Daniel. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Harold. His comment card from room one. Well, as Emily predicted, there was exactly one half of an episode of happiness left on Nomero before the walls started caving in. (laughs) (laughs) The phone ring? What? (laughs) I don't remember that. (laughs) I thought the episode ended. This episode did not come as a surprise. We all knew that Norman was going to come home at some point, but it was handled well. We all knew that even though Norman now understands that when he blacks out, he takes on his mother's identity, and even though he feels he is beginning to make progress at Pineview, he will do anything, even take medication to get back home, solely to sabotage Norma's new marriage. We know that Norma, no matter how happy she is to have this new life with Romero, will trash it all to appease Norman. Unfortunately, I believe that also. Yes. Even after he chased her around the house, and even after Dylan gave her even more reason to suspect him and Mommy Dakota's sudden disappearance. It feels like all the pieces of the season are coming together to make for an exciting final three episodes. Yes. Yes. By the way, since you have brought this up on your podcast, it is true that if a person voluntarily checks him or himself him or herself in, he can check himself out unless someone has gained a guardianship over him, or he is a minor, or he is in danger to himself or others. At this point, as far as anyone knows, Norman is none of these things. 
Well, Norma knows otherwise, but she isn't talking. Does Norma? Yeah, I was going to say, does she? I really think she has shushed him in her mind for good. I really do. I do, too. I think Norman passing that polygraph yeah. was absolute proof to Norma that he did not kill Blair Watson, even if it's later <laughs> discovered that he did <laughs> or <laughs> anything. I think that passing of the polygraph. And the killing of his dad, I think she explains away because he was just protecting her and yep. his dad died on accident. Yeah. I think if Norma was really put her feet over the fire, I think she'd say, yeah, she still has a little niggling worry about them. Sure. Yeah. But I really honestly think on the surface she's just fine. I think she is. He's fine. He's okay. That I, I really... I really, I really think she does. And we laugh that she has a strong shusher, but I really think she does. Yeah. And she takes her shushing, like, seriously. Yeah, I don't think she's sitting there constantly lying to herself. I really think she believes he's not violent. Yeah. She's got a Norman living inside her that's making her forget all of those things. <laughs> <laughs> And Norman. <laughs> yep. But, you know, funny little things like when Dr. Edwards says whatever he says, and she's like, he's not violent. It's like, <laughs> kind of telling that she's like, oh, no, he's not violent. He's like, uh, I didn't say he was. <laughs> I just love the look on her face after she said that. Like, oh, crap. Shh. <laughs> I'm just not sure how honest with herself she is about Norman and what he's probably done. Although, I really... That scene, again, with her cutting his hair and him talking about smashing Bradley's head with a rock freaked her out. And she had to shush that, too. That's but... gotta freak you out. That's the thing. There's gotta be little things like that that, like, poke up once in a while that she just... Yeah. Those she actively shushes. Yeah. Yeah, like I said, I think... Why would you say something like that? <laughs> That's a really weird thing to say. <laughs> yep. Okay. I felt so sad for Romero at the end of this episode. Look at all the paths he could have gone down. He could have taken Bob Paris's millions. He could have run off with the bank beat buddy. He could have stayed clear of Norma and her creepy house of horrors on the hill. <laughs> Instead, he went all in. He gave away the safety deposit key to Rebecca... He gave away Bob's runaway stash of cash to Norma, and now every time he tries to give Norma a kiss, Norman is going to pop out of some doorway <laughs> <laughs> to ask if she is having problems breathing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he's going to be such a creeper on these two. I just know it. It's going to be so great. <laughs> They're going to be on the couch watching TV, and he's going to be like standing right behind over, just watching him from the doorway. So awesome. What are you guys watching? And sit in between them. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, he's gonna we be should... so rude to Romero. Oh my gosh. <laughs> we should come up with as many scenarios as we can and see which ones, <laughs> yeah, actually, which ones happen. actually happen. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. 
<laughs> he says, I give this 8 out of 10 visions of mother having sex with that disgusting pervert. <laughs> Sheriff, who won't mind his own business and stay out of our lives. <laughs> Norman, that was a really weird sex scene <laughs> to come up with. <laughs> oh man, it makes me laugh so hard. <laughs> oh man, I watched that a couple times because I was looking for if they were gonna flash like him underneath her. But they oh. kept it Romero the whole time, because <laughs> it was kind of, it was so dreamlike and kind of fuzzy. And I was yeah. there was the first time I watched it, I was like, "Whoa, was that Norman?" <laughs> 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 and I immediately thought of Daniel. But then, <laughs> then I rewound it, and nope, it was Romero the whole time. But that would have been kind of creepy if they yes did a quick flash <laughs> of Norman. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks, Harold. Thanks, Harold. Um, okay, our next one's from Lara. She says, last week I set my alarm to get up and watch Bates on Tuesday night before work, and shock horror, I slept through it this week. I set my alarm once again, and surprise, surprise, I slept in and was almost late for work. Oh. <laughs> my mother has threatened to start watching the show at my granddad's instead. I'll do better next week, I promise. <laughs> Here, I'm going to go to your granddad. <laughs> um, I just finished the show five minutes ago, and it's past my bedtime, so I will be brief, though being brief defeats the point of this long introduction. But anyway, <laughs> I really love watching the show with my mom, but I hated not leaving feedback last week. So what she doesn't know won't kill her. And she still has no idea I watched every episode of Hannibal at least four days before we sat down and watched Happily Together. Oh, to be a trusting parent. <laughs> Sneaky. So, are we to deduce that Laura, that you, you secretly you watch Bates? Secretly watch this, and then you have to watch it again, pretending like you didn't see it with your mom. I think that's exactly what she's saying. I support it. <laughs> Me too. I'm gonna do that with Amy, the documentary with Rob. <laughs> He's like. I said the name Amy, oh, because Scout's reading a book called Amy, and he's like, we still need to watch that documentary, and I'm like, I was this close to saying, I already watched it, and then I ate chicken out. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, yes, we do. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's funny. Uh, She says, I have some bullet points to help this move swiftly. How odd must it be to direct your own sexy love scene, Nestor? (laughs) I didn't think that. (laughs) Two of them, actually. (laughs) Oh, yes. (laughs) The fake one. (laughs) Uh, Nomero is adorable, cute, sickly sweet, and I'm dying inside from how honest they are with each other now. Why can't we have a happy ending? (laughs) Um... Of all the ways I imagine Norman finding out about Norma and Romero, paper macheing, is that a word? A dog yes. wasn't one of them. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> it was great. I loved it. Well, that's what the show does. <laughs> You'll never guess. 
I guess it might be he'd see your picture in the newspaper, but yes, I didn't... yes, that was a big theory. We just didn't know it'd be cut up scraps for paper mache <laughs> and a Juno replacement. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I gotta say, I thought it was adorable, and I thought he did an excellent job. <laughs> oh, the Juno was great. Yeah, way better than Julian's stupid self-portrait. <laughs> <laughs> was that supposed to be a piece of crap? I think so. Okay, just wondering. <laughs> He's so obvious, Julian. Um, I can't stop thinking about how gruff and mean Romero was in season one, and now he's smiling and offering to help plant trees and nuzzling necks in the morning. Oh. <laughs> I know. <laughs> she turned him into a teddy bear. It's cute. <laughs> Her next bullet point is, okay, what jerk invented the phone? <laughs> we all agree. <laughs> Um, go away Rebecca everyone hates you nobody will miss you just take your money and buy your own secluded island far far away agreed Uh, Norma's guilt about using Bob Harris's money didn't last long and honestly woman did you really need to start all that jam (laughs) and the curtains already (laughs) want to bet she's already googled the kind of tree she wants Romero to plant for (laughs) Norma had a busy day (laughs) (laughs) So manic and funny. I know. <laughs> yes. And I am a canner. I grow a huge garden every year and can a lot of stuff. And I also sew curtains. I, I've made two sets of curtains for my camp. And, <laughs> you know, they're both full day projects. <laughs> Canning can sometimes go on for like a week or two. <laughs> if anyone can do it both simultaneously though it's norma i know i believe in her she can make a bip and turkey pot pie <laughs> i know from it's scratch <laughs> she did all that canning plus had time to shop for the fabric and get the curtains almost made <laughs> it's like wow <laughs> on like a sewing machine from 1920 what was up with that <laughs> that machine it had to it be was like 200 years old I know. It had to have been, like, the summers, like, Keith Summers grandmas or something. <laughs> that was, like, the sewing machine, the <laughs> mottle <laughs> from Fiddler on the Roof brought into that little <laughs> the Taylor Hasidic <laughs> Russian village. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that caused all sorts of scandal. <laughs> <laughs> that the whole village came to look at. <laughs> that was the machine. <laughs> oh man, uh, that was so funny. Yeah, I'd expect nothing less, but it was funny. Yep. I can't believe she sewed on that thing. I know. <laughs> <clears throat> you okay. don't use those machines. They're just They're decoration. <laughs> Oh man. Uh, You've got a lot of cash. Get yourself. Go buy a singer. (laughs) That probably was a singer, actually. It was, I saw. (laughs) Go buy a modern singer. Get a baby lock. (laughs) Our mama, our mom was a Bernina woman. That's right. Yep. (laughs) Get a Bernina. Okay. Um, Oh, and the. She didn't need to Google because she's she's planning Arkansas Blacks. 
<laughs> They're Norman's favorite apples. <laughs> They're Norman's favorite. <laughs> what else would she plant? I just love. Oh, she's she's the best. <laughs> um. Okay, you know Norman ignoring Dylan after he asked you an important question won't just make him walk away. <laughs> He's an adult. Just because you've gone quiet doesn't mean your body has suddenly disappeared from view. <laughs> I love how she just totally ignored him the first time he asked how Norman is. <laughs> um, haha. Norma called someone dramatic, and she wasn't being ironic. <laughs> I know. I laughed so hard when she did that. <laughs> Not the first time she's called someone dramatic. Yelled it. Didn't she? She yelled yeah, it. She's done it to Norman. Yeah, when they pulled up at the school, and he didn't want to go. And she's like, right. stop being dramatic. And then she That's like, it. gets out of the car <laughs> and pulls him out. <laughs> Let's see. Her next is, did Emma die? <laughs> <laughs> um, then she has anyone else get the 777.com advert playing on a loop five times on the A&E website that wasn't annoying <laughs> no not that one but I have had lifetime original movies he doesn't love you he loves me <laughs> I get that one I have had where I'm watching it on the A&E website and like it'll it'll do like six advertisements all the same one. Oh. <laughs> like those two stupid Sonic guys. <laughs> oh, no. I hate those guys so bad. It's like Sonic thinks they're so funny. And I it's know. just crickets for the whole rest of the world. <laughs> I know. Like, These guys are going to take off one day. <laughs> no, they're not. <laughs> no, they're not. And stop trying. <laughs> Um, I feel ya. I've, I think when I was watching this last year on A&E's website, I've been watching it on Xfinity this year, I was getting the Matthew McConaughey, Lincoln. It's not about, <laughs> it's not about hugging trees. <laughs> and I wanted to strangle his neck. <laughs> I feel your pain. <laughs> uh she says, I love Norma trying to snatch the newspaper from Norman like he's suddenly, like he'll suddenly forget all about it if she manages to hide it away in her pocket. I know. It's like being my favorite moment. I know. It's so great. And like keeping, keeping it away from her. I know. He's like, please keep away. Yes. That was so funny. Oh, those two. <laughs> Um, Alex has never been a mother. Alec wants to be a father figure to Norman. Swoon. I would have swooned if I could stop thinking about Chet. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Dang, Psycho 4. <laughs> Dang you, Psycho 4, you beautiful thing. <laughs> yeah, beautiful mess. <laughs> Oh, our love-hate relationship with Psycho 4. I want to it. It's mostly love. <laughs> Who are we getting? I can't stay mad at you. <laughs> you have turned Romero into Chet a few times in my mind. <laughs> da! 
I am baffled that they think letting Norman out is a fine and dandy idea. The look on Norma's face, which is mirrored by the look on Dr. Edwards, which was sheer worry, maybe a little bit of fear, should be a sign that more things need to be discussed. <laughs> I don't think anyone thinks it's fine and dandy. Yeah. It, and really, I think their hands are tied. And, I you know, unless are. Norma says that it's possible that the stuff he did, he actually did. She never will but say that, though. there's no way she'd ever say that. Because that could mean him getting locked away and her having no rights, you know? Yeah, and it could get her in trouble, too. And I just, I have to justify it, because I was very surprised at Dr. Edwards, too. But I just have to justify it that he, he really wants to help Norman. And if he forces Norman to stay there they're not going to accomplish anything. Yeah, and you know, he explained it. He has to get it he has to get a court order. Right. And and Which... it convinced the court that he's a danger. Right. You know, he I don't I don't know in real life what they do with actual um I I don't know if someone with disassociated disorder is instantly thought of as a danger. Right. I mean, it's, I think Norman's unique that his, I mean, basically all Dr. Edwards thinks is that the mother persona is just protecting him from bad memories. Right. She did, she did do a veiled threat. Yes. But that doesn't mean, well, maybe doesn't mean could murder. make a case that she's dangerous. I think he actually thinks it, but I don't think he thinks it enough to stop this. He yeah. might think, okay, we're going to be okay. Let's, you know, we'll do this therapy three times a week and we'll see. And maybe they can get him admitted easier now that he's checked himself out from his own admittance. Right. Maybe he can, as a doctor, after he sees some more maybe behavior, insist that he gets put away again. That might be in his mind. That might be in his mind. And, yeah, I... I and that it, it would break the trust. It would break the trust, and I, I think Dr. Edwards is more concerned about helping Norman, and I think he finally resolved, I've got to do it on his terms. Because mm-hmm. if I force him to stay here, we're not going to get anywhere. So, And I don't know if he can force him to stay there. You're right. I don't know if he could convince the court right now that he's a danger. No, there would have to be could. an example, you know, and just him saying that he thinks his mom's been killing people. I mean, that's got to put some sort of something in his head, right? But maybe not. Wait, he told Dr. Edwards he thinks his mom is killing people? Yeah. He didn't. What? Norman said that, like, in when he was first got to Pineview, remember? That he, he told Dr. Edwards that he thinks his mom is killing <gasps> oh, people. Oh, of course, yeah. I'm like, whoa, I didn't dream that, did I? <laughs> <laughs> that was before Dr. Edwards knew about his dissociative identity disorder. Yeah, but you... but now he should be putting that together. He should be kind of going, hmm. That is kind of weird that he said that, right? <laughs> yeah. I think... I, I, don't, I don't know. know. Mistake? Yeah, I mean... And you know, for a while, when Norman was totally manipulating him, the look on Dr. Edwards' face, I really thought he was seeing right through it. I really did. And then... 
he came out with something that I don't remember exactly what he said, but made me go, oh, he didn't catch on, but maybe he did. I don't know. He might be experimenting a little he bit. He might be, you know. But yeah, I really think at this moment he doesn't, he's suspecting strongly, but he doesn't have a case and he's probably worked with this before and knows that he doesn't have enough to convince the court. Right. It Norman, I mean, this just, man, I think their hands are tied. And I don't I think, think they anyone are. thinks it's a great idea. Yeah. No, I don't think they think it's a great idea, but... But damn Norman for finding those newspapers. <laughs> oh, I know. Ah! I know. I know. If it wasn't for that, because he... He was making good was progress. Good. Yeah. Was into it. Yeah. Uh, that was the downfall. Okay. Her last bullet point is one point for seeing Ducky? Bucky? Dicky. <laughs> Dicky. <laughs> the old man who likes to introduce himself numerous times <laughs> yes um, she says sorry if this was all over the place but my head is slowly inching down onto my pillow in fact I feel my body slowly and dramatically dropping like when Romero told Norma to snuggle up to him in the courthouse can't wait for next week everything's about to hit the fan and I couldn't be more excited <laughs> well, speaking of that um then the during the this week uh, there was a ask Nestor thing on Twitter where he was answering people's questions online, oh. and someone asked him what his favorite scene was, and he said that scene before they got married. He said he it was really hard not to laugh. <laughs> <laughs> I bet the, the way that Nora like awkwardly <laughs> <laughs> lays on his chest. <laughs> this is weird. I bet there were some big giggles. <laughs> They did a lot of takes. <laughs> I bet they did. <laughs> they need to come out with a blooper reel. Totally. I forgot. Have they done that? I have never seen one. We need one of those any I do buy the DVD set every year. I expect one someday. <laughs> Thank you. Probably come out when it's all done with a box set that has it, and I'll have to buy them all again. <laughs> and I will, <laughs> unless I can find those online. <clears throat> all right, thanks, Laura. Thanks, Laura. Good to hear from you. We've got a feedback. What? What? From that. <laughs> that was the subject line. <laughs> Hello, Yes Mudda Podcast. It is Matt. Feedback for the latest episode of Bates Motel. The episode in which Norman finally is released from the institution. Well, not finally. It seems like he's been there, what, a couple of weeks? Finally is not the word. (laughs) A lot of time to make any headway. I was very disappointed in the doctor. Because I had hoped that he would have been smart enough to realize that Norman was nowhere near ready to be released. But a little bit of crying, a little bit of, uh, oh, feel sorry for me, I'll try real hard, doctor. Oh, I just, let me out. I'm so sad, I want to be with my mommy. Like, okay, well, that's (laughs) horribly manipulative and obvious, but the doctor was like, yeah, all right, I guess... I guess you could go. Uh, I'll trust you to show up to therapy three times a week and take your medicine. Sure, you, you've demonstrated absolutely no uh, antagonistic attitudes and behaviors while you were here, and uh, 
never tried to escape or pretend to take your meds or you didn't really take your meds. Like, <laughs> this, this facility is terrible and this doctor is a real disappointment. Norma, of course, is also easily manipulated by by her son. The I was so upset with her when she denied that she was married to Romero. I, it was obvious that Norman knew that they had gotten married. Somehow he found out, and she tries to deny it. No, no, we're not married. Norma, shut up. You, when you lie like that, it just makes things so much worse. Because now it just fuels Norman's persecution complex. Now he really feels like everyone is lying to him and manipulating him for some reason. Uh, build trust. That's what you need to do. And this is... This doesn't help. But, of course, this is typical normal behavior. Four seasons in now, we should not be so surprised by what she, what she does. The way in which Norma, Norman finds out that her mother and the sheriff are married, I found preposterous. <laughs> I did The too. idea that he's just in art class or art therapy and a couple strips of newspaper and just easily assembles an article that's telling him the information exactly that he needs to know. I know what you're saying right now. You're going, oh, Matt, just shush that. Just shush that. You know what, ladies? I don't want to shush that. That's lazy storytelling. I thought it was really dumb. So, anyway. It could have been on the Uh, table in the great room. Yep. Norma and Romero's sexy times at the beginning of the episode, and he's going to help her renovate her hotel and house, which is nice. Maybe she'll finally get that pool. And, uh, yeah. Uh, Dylan was also in this one. Emma... Yeah, they're fine. I, I want them. I want them to quickly get off the show before they get murdered. That's <laughs> that's what I want. That'd be my happy ending. Anyway, pretty good episode, except for all of the the Norman uh, manipulation stuff. I would just it felt. I, I I want the show to go forward with this therapy a little bit more before it finally falls apart. Because we all know that it will, that it's inevitable, but. This just felt too easy. This felt kind of like wheel spinning while he was in that facility because nothing really came of it. Yeah. Anyway, uh, always as always, love the podcast. Love listening to you guys. Have a fantastic weekend. And we'll talk to you next time. Bye. Thanks, Matt. Thanks, Matt. Did you and your... um. Well... I was, I, I, you were obviously in your car. I was, I was waiting to hear your little girlfriend pop up. <laughs> I love that we call it it's girlfriend. <laughs> um, I think him getting out now is very appropriate for the story of Psycho. Yeah. I would personally love to see more growth because I found that his sessions fascinating and I would love four or five more episodes of this. Well, we might see more. I mean, they're going to have three times a week, you know. But yeah, the only, I really do agree with, I think the manipulation and everything was totally appropriate and great. But yeah, the paper mache strips all together and happened to be the ones in front of him. Yeah, that... 
they they easily could have made that paper just you know there was a guy reading a paper in the front room when Norma came by exactly it could and have just it been could have been on the table lying on a table in the rec room or something and that would have been way more really believable. easy to take yeah yeah I thought it was it it seemed like the writers thinking they were being clever mm. type thing yeah but yeah something with you I can just shift that. Matt said, don't say shush it. Well, <laughs> I can't help it. <laughs> but I would rather have seen it just lying on a table. Yeah, we do We do need to shush it because it, it happened and it was uh, something to shush. But, yeah. That's what we do. We're the shush sisters. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, other than that, I, I was pretty happy with... I mean, I'm not happy because I want Norman, Norman Romero to have a happy ending with Norman in that thing for a long time. Mm-hmm. But I knew it wasn't going to happen, and I just I feel like for the story of Psycho and to move this story along, he needs to come home. I think we're going to have a lot of fun with him. Oh yeah, home. so it's going to be great. And I think we'll still get some Doctor Edward stuff. Well, he's got to be there three times a week. Yep. So. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. Um, okay, so our next is from Iggy. She titled hers Vaya con Dios. <laughs> 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 well, the beginning scene was fantastic. I it was it was so good because I absolutely love the chemistry between Vera and Nestor. The on and off screen interaction, Twitter, etc., and the love and hate relationship is so good. It explodes on screen. I don't even imagine them as a couple off screen. I enjoy the relationship they have as these characters. Thank you. <laughs> I don't. They're both happily married. And I think. I don't know much about Nestor and his wife, but I know that Vera and. What's his name? Are very cute. <laughs> they're like little hippies. <laughs> <clears throat> I, his name is escaping me at the moment. But yeah, they're. They're too cute of a little couple to want them together off screen. But yeah, they're great. And I love all their interactions on Twitter are so funny. (laughs) Someone, I think on Etsy, made like Barbie doll sized. Have I told you about these dolls of Romero and Norma? Yeah. (laughs) And they have them on set and they kind of play with them on set and take pictures of them. And during, Vera kept um, kind of crashing the Ask Nestor uh-huh. hour by posting Ask Nestor questions. <laughs> and one of them was, why are you such a bed hog? <laughs> and she put the little Romero doll in the middle of Norma's bed. <laughs> and kind of spread its arms and legs. <laughs> it was very funny. <clears throat> that is funny. Anyways, they're very cute together, off-screen, yes. <laughs> Their Twitter interaction is just one of the best things. Um, surprise, my serial killer son is coming home. Deal with it. <laughs> LOL. <laughs> <laughs> I like that Norma admitted to Romero that she didn't tell Norman how she really feels about the relationship. He is good for being understanding. He really has no idea what he is dealing with. Unless you want to count the relationship he had with his mom and her mental illnesses. 
her mental illness issues she had. Maybe, and this is a big maybe, he can help Norma. I just think the romantic relationship will suffer. This honeymoon is over. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> Norman will make it his mission to make Romero's life a living hell. Yes, he will. Yeah, and I, I just fear that Norma's going to pander to Norman so much it's going to drive a major wedge between the two. I think so, yeah. Too bad. I honestly don't see the timeline of the last 13 episodes of the show being a super long timeline. Do you? Probably not. No, I I think it's going to go downhill quickly. And I... Norman's never going to accept this relationship. No, and you know this is so there's falling not, in line to the psycho movie. Yeah, there's not going to be. Oh, he's upset, and then gets used to it or accepts it. I don't think so. So I think you're right. I think from here on until the end of season five, whenever it ends, I I don't think it's going to be a very long timeline. Which stresses me out. <laughs> <laughs> um. Dylan and Emma have been shushed about Dakota, Emma's mom. Dakota. Is that the actress's name? Oh, maybe. I don't know. Her name's Audrey. In that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I've ever looked up her actual no. name. Sorry. Um, she says, good. That can wait for the end of the season. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know what to think about how that's going down. Because there's some interesting things that happened with Emma, you know? Right. To where Dylan may just, oh, yeah, you're right. She just made herself scarce. And yeah, I mean. He could drop it. Although he, he does. He could. The fact that he is suspecting Norman, I think he is going to pursue it. He voiced that he's concerned that Norman killed her. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But he also talked to Emma after that, and she made a lot of sense, and she's done this before, and, you know, so. Well, you know, all we need is a body to show us. (laughs) That's the thing. (laughs) I mean, couldn't, Norman is the motel manager. I mean, couldn't he have been in the office, and she walked in and handed him the letter? I mean, we, we know that's not what happened, but. Couldn't that be a scenario that Dylan could make leave? It, make, yeah. You know, make sense to him. Make sense drop. to him. I mean, it doesn't yeah. necessarily mean she got murdered. You know. Well, he can come home and ask Norman, and we can see what Norman has to say about it. If he doesn't remember a thing about it, that could set off alarm bells. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Although he'll probably know that's a bad thing and quickly make up the story. Because he doesn't want to admit that he doesn't remember. Right. Because it might scare him. Right, it should. Okay, she says, I'm going to also post this feedback on the Facebook page. I just would like to hear read your comments on my feedback. Thanks. Your resident B&B guest, Iggy. Well, thanks, Iggy. Yeah, thanks, Iggy. We're glad you're back. On the 
Facebook page? Did she post about some shenanigans she and Legata have gone on while they were gone? Yes, <laughs> yes. She posted that they took the money. <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> that Legata went, went on a shopping spree, spree and, and Iggy is going to pay us the four months rent. That's right, the back rent. <laughs> Thank you very much. Yep. And I told her that we would call the moving people and see if we can get our stuff back. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll use it to buy new comforters for the hotel. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's not a extravagance. Extravagance. Well, all right. Thank you for all the comment cards, everyone. Yes, we enjoyed those. Yeah. So on to the recap. Let's do the recap. All right. We start with Dr. E and Norman in Norman's bedroom at Pineview. Norman asks if it happened again, and Dr. E tells him he blacked out in yesterday's session. Dr. E tells Norman that sometimes in order for things to get better, they have to feel worse first. He says he can't make that not true for Norman, but he can make sure he doesn't starve and hands Norman a tray with breakfast on it. Did just, you take that as, like, maybe Norman spent all day in bed or something? I guess so. I I thought it was kind of a weird scene. It was weird. <laughs> it left me with wondering what happened. <laughs> <laughs> or Like, maybe there was a full day we missed where Norman I, stayed in his room and didn't take meals or something. I guess so. But it was weird that wasn't explained. Yeah. Maybe there's a deleted scene that we'll see later. Maybe. But I just, I just remember when the scene was over, I went, well, okay, that was weird that Dr. E was in his bedroom and handed him breakfast. I was happy to see that Norman had gotten some sleep. Yeah. Because I've been worried about that. <laughs> well, he and Julian had a conversation about I it. I know. I was happy for that, too. <laughs> but Norman says he doesn't sleep much. <laughs> yeah, it kind of uh, proved our theories about yeah. him not sleeping. Yeah, I just thought it was kind of odd that Dr. Edwards was in his bed. <laughs> but, okay. <laughs> um, next we see Emily's long-awaited white sheet scene. <laughs> Hot. <laughs> With Norman Romero. <laughs> um, Norman says good morning and Romero says very good morning. Cuts to them getting dressed and she asks Romero to zip her up. He says he'll start the coffee and leaves, and Norma goes into Norma's room and looks around, and we see Juno. <laughs> yep. So, you got your scene. <laughs> there it was. <laughs> so, Juno was very distracting to me. I had lots of Juno thoughts after <laughs> watching this episode. <laughs> Isn't it just so weird how big of a deal Juno is to Norman. It, he was his dog for like four hours. <laughs> <laughs> and we talked about the weirdness yes. about it when it happened. Mm-hmm. You you know, you'd expect that that was, you know, his beloved dog from when he was little. Exactly. And then I started thinking long and hard, and have we ever discussed this? That long and hard that Juno comes alive and talks to him or barks at him is alive and basically he's a stuffed Mm -hmm. character and I feel like this is our precursor to Norma 
right. that we talked about it being a precursor? I don't I, we might have. I feel like we must have, because that's so obvious to me. Right. It's no, just I think weird we how did. I think we did when, it. in that episode where Emma stays over, that's yeah. that's the first time we see Juno like come alive. Yeah, and it just it makes so much sense that this Juno thing is a precursor to show us that the stuff things are actually alive to him. It's just very strange. It's so strange how obsessed he is with Juno, and I wonder if that obsession is to carry over to when Norma's the stuffed object that comes alive. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I It is odd that he just is so attached to Juno. Because, like you said, she was his dog for, like, not even a day. <laughs> so, I don't know. That would be an interesting question to ask if I ever got the chance to Yes. ask the writers. What is going on with Norman's obsession with Juno? Yeah. I can always tweet that to Carrie, and if she tweets back, it's going to, you know, it can't be very long, so... That right. doesn't seem satisfying to me. Exactly. Um, okay, so next we see a paper mache Juno. Norman and Julian are doing paper mache. Julian is making a self-portrait, and Norman is making Juno. Julian says he needs some air and says to Norman, nice cat, by the way. Norman says, it's a dog. Julian says, it's cute that you care, and he leaves. <laughs> Norman grabs some strips of newspaper and sees a picture of Norma, and he grabs other strips and puts them together and sees Norma and Romero at the Winter Lights Festival, and the caption below the picture says something about Sheriff Romero and his new wife, Norma Bates. We've already ripped <laughs> ripped to shreds the <laughs> newspaper <laughs> discovery, but I gotta say, I love when shows take something from another episode that seems very inconsequential. Mm-hmm. And makes it super important. I like that, too. Like those two getting their portrait taken. Yeah. Not their portrait, but getting their picture taken. And then having it be the downfall that gets Norman out of Pineview. Yeah. I like that, too. Just always a good touch. Very uh, Whedon-esque. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and then we have the opening sequence. And then next we see Norma in the fruit cellar, and Romero comes down and asks what she is doing. She says she's thinking about making new curtains for the kitchen and living room, and she has a very old sewing machine. <laughs> <laughs> she says she can buy the fabric wholesale, and Romero says, You're going to make curtains, huh? She says she made all her own clothes in high school. So did her mom. Yep. Then she says... This house is so cool. Look at this. This is a freaking fruit cellar. If you just wiped all this junk away. Precursor to the fruit cellar. <laughs> <laughs> Get out of the fruit cellar. <laughs> uh, she says she always wanted to plant fruit trees and preserve fruit. There is so much she wants to do. These are for pies. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Romero says they can do all that. He can't make curtains, but he can plant a tree. He says they can start that weekend. He's so cute, too. He's as eager as she is. <laughs> I know. They're, like, nesting. It's cute. It's adorable. <clears throat> he says he has to go to work and tells her to think about what kind of fruit trees she wants, and he will go buy them and whatever else she wants. Then Norma 
says, Alex, don't worry about it. He asks why, and she says, I don't want you spending your money on it. That's not what I was asking. He says he doesn't mind. She says, that's not why I brought it up. It's so silly. I don't really have any money. We haven't really had enough guests since they put the road in to even break even. I'm behind on a lot of bills, so the last thing I should be thinking about is home improvements. It's bad accounting. He says, Norm oh, <laughs> Norma, why didn't you tell me? She says, because it's embarrassing. I was so excited when I first showed Norm in this place. I had so many ideas how to fix it. It's an amazing house, and I just kind of gave up on it. But I feel like taking it on, so I'm going to start with the curtains, and then we can work on it one thing at a time. There's no rush, okay? okay. And I know things will pick okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and I know things will pick up in the spring, and you know. Romero walks behind her and gets the money out of the furnace. She asks what he's doing. He says, remember that day I told you I was hiding a bunch of money down here? And she says, yeah. And he says, well, I actually was. She starts laughing, and he tells her to open the bag, and she does, and pulls out a big wad of cash. She asks where he got it, and he tells her it was Bob Paris's getaway cash. She says, no, I can't take that. And he says, it would help me, because I don't know what to do with it. Look, this money, it doesn't belong to anybody, and who knows how he got it. And honestly, I couldn't think of a better use for it than to put it back out into the world through your hands. You've had nothing but bad breaks since you moved here, and you deserve some good ones. Oh, man, that line delivery was aces. Mm -hmm. Think of it like it's like a balancing of the scales, some positive karma. Please take it. It'll help me. She hugs him and says, I wish we could just erase all the bad things that have happened. They start kissing, and then the phone starts ringing, and Romero says, Okay, what jerk invented the phone? <laughs> Cuts to Romero answering the phone, and it's Norman. Norman says, Hello, is my mother there? Romero says, Yeah, she's right here, Norman. <laughs> and hands Norma the phone. Norman, Norma asks if, Norman asks if everything is okay, and she says, Yes, why wouldn't it be? Norman says, The sheriff is answering your phone. I thought maybe you were in trouble or something. She tells him the stained glass window had to be replaced, and the sheriff stopped by to put a new one in. <laughs> <laughs> Good one, Norma. <laughs> He wouldn't have liked it. It's nothing she could have said would have. Right. You it know. Just, well, such a weird cover. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> I know. She could have said we were broken into the other night. Ah, yes. Um, I mean, why would the sheriff come help you put the stink glass into it? <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> Norman says, Mother, I'm coming home. She asks what he means, and he says, I'm coming home as soon as I can. She asks if there's something he can... He can just do, and he says, I signed myself in voluntarily. I can leave whenever I want. She asks if something has happened, and he says no. She tells him that Dylan said he was doing really well, and doesn't he think it would be good to give it a little more time? He tells her Dr. E says he has made significant progress, and it's time for him to come home. Then he says, is there some reason I shouldn't? She says, of course not. I'm just surprised. Norman says, I'm sure you are. I'll let you know when you can pick me up, and he hangs up the phone. First off, I thought that was really sweet and human, how she talks about all the home improvements she wants to do, and then he just kind of jumps in with, I'll do it, we can start this weekend, and then she's like, I don't know, I just, I really liked how she 
just was like, no, no, you know, <laughs> I don't want you spending your money. I just thought, yeah, that was very believable. It was totally believable that you would you would say all that stuff and then have someone just jump to help you and buy it and just be like, uh, you know what? I... <laughs> yeah, no, it, it made a lot of sense that she would kind of backpedal and be like, wait, let's start no, with the I curtains, did... you know? Yeah, I did not tell you all that stuff to pay for it, you know? Exactly. Because I, that was... Cause I don't think I... she did. She certainly I wasn't. I really don't either. No. That was not manipulative to me. I did not see that at all as being manipulative. No, that's her. She's so happy right now and it when you have a house sometimes you just start going I want to make curtains I want to paint the living room I want to you know <laughs> um, I do that every single week <laughs> <laughs> you know and you just you know those things do cost money when you start talking about it and like you know especially he brings up well, I'll go buy the fruit trees and I'll help you you know yeah, and it hits her. Oh, no, don't pay for it all, you know. Right. It's like I just kind of wanted to say all that because that's what was in my heart. And I just not wanting that person to feel like you said that to get them to pay for it. Mm-hmm. That would just be something <clears throat> a decent person would do. Right, right. No, I liked it. Yeah, and I, liked, I just like that. I like that he brought out the money and that he's like... I, the best way to use this money is for you to put it out there, you know? Yeah, and that was so in his heart, just, you've had so much crap, Norma, please. I know. <laughs> Here's your karma. I know, I know. He's so sweet. So great. And he doesn't like having that money. It's, he's still, the death of Bob is still weighing on him, you can tell now. Well, and, and he just... Romero just seems to be a simple man. Like, not simple, like, brain simple. <laughs> right. But just doesn't need a lot. Yeah. Money is just not a thing for him. No, remember I think we he, threw Abernathy's money? He threw Abernathy's the... money in the water. He could have kept that so easily and no one would have known. Yeah. Well, Norma would have. <clears throat> Norma would have, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um... He didn't want any of the three million from Beat Buddy. Mm-hmm. You know, he probably makes enough as a sheriff to live a fine life. You know, and he doesn't need more than that. Yeah. And so, plus he seems to just not like money that was like ill gained. Yeah, I I think that weighs into it that he killed Bob Paris and got that money and I just think it kind of gives him a bad taste in his mouth about right. the money. Right, and if it makes Norma happy if she can use it to make some curtains and plant some trees that's pretty innocent. Yeah. You know, and not suspect, you know. Yeah, and she, frankly she can buy all that with cash and not have it be like where'd you get all, where'd you get all that money? Exactly. You know, you would have to be really digging deep you know, like an auditor would have to really dig deep to, you know, care right. about that. Especially if she's just doing stuff like curtains and, yeah. you know, if she threw a pool in and added on to the motel and blah, blah, blah. Right. Then they'd be like, hmm, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, then you could raise suspicions, but. Yeah. Just, I don't know. That doesn't seem to have factored in yet. 
though, about him worrying about people wondering where he got the money. Right. And, you know, she did confirm what you were saying last time that, you know, she moved in and she had all these ideas for the house. She was so happy. Uh-huh. And then... Just like what's happened to her since she moved to White Pine Pit. There's been no well, yeah, and, home improvement. <laughs> and she, you know, it's it's it was confirmed that she saw a huge decline when the highway came in. Yeah, I can't believe that highway's finished already. Yeah, that was quick. Like we said, that was not in Utah. That was not Utah. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, I liked I liked this part. Yeah. The last scene of the show. Um, I did like the look on (laughs) Norma's face when Romero answers about it and he's like yeah she's right here Norman and she just looked like oh no (laughs) (laughs) I never looked dang it I'm going to have to launch it again (laughs) (laughs) I knew she was standing there I guess my mind never well, my eyes never went over to Norma for that moment. Yeah, her eyes got pretty wide, like, oh, crap. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so next we see Norman talking to Vicky, and he is asking what the procedure is for checking himself out. She says there are protocols. She tells him he needs to write a three-day letter formally requesting his release. They have 72 hours to assess whether or not he meets the release requirements. He says what happens if he just stops payment. She tells him he's already been pre-approved by the insurance company for three months. He says, my insurance? She tells him his stepfather's insurance, and they had to pull some spring strings to get him approved so quickly. Norman says he understands and appreciates them doing that, and he tells her everyone there has been so thoughtful and kind, but he is leaving and will prepare the paperwork. Vicky asks if Norman has told Dr. Edwards his wishes, and Norman tells her not yet, but he will. So strange. It it really does seem like that Mayan telling him about the stepfather's insurance really does seem to be something that should have eased his mind a little. I thought so, too. I think it just seems like you'd hear that and go, oh, maybe that's why they're married. Maybe that's why they got married. It but makes it seemed to, perfect sense. It seemed to torque him off even more. <laughs> I know. I mean... It's possible just the very use of stepdad. I he yeah. Yeah. Because he did when she said stepfather, and he's like my stepfather. You know, he repeats uh-huh. it. Yeah, that was obviously. I think not that good. Not wording. good. Yeah. But I don't know. It should have clicked in his mind. Like, okay, that makes sense. Because how has she been paying for this? <laughs> you know. Right. I just feel like that I would think that would reassure him but I think he is a little psycho and (laughs) that reasoning is not going to change anything at this moment (laughs) nope nope it's not Um, so next we see Emma and Will arguing about her mother Will is telling Emma she doesn't understand her mother like he does He says, she is thinking she has a daughter that isn't going to die. What that means to her, who knows. But I guarantee you it's about her and not about you. Then the door opens and Dylan walks in and says he brought breakfast. Emma tells Dylan they are fighting about her mother and Will says, it's not a fight, it's a discussion. 
I love how honest Emma is. I know. <laughs> She's just like, we're fine about my mother. <laughs> Will says, Dylan, you can back me up here. Audrey was a mess at the hospital, yeah? Dylan doesn't say anything, and Emma says, you met my mother? She asks why he didn't tell her, and he says he didn't want to upset her. Emma goes upstairs, cuts to Emma in her room, and Dylan walks in and hands her her pills. Dylan apologizes for not telling her that her mom came to the hospital. He just didn't want to upset her. He says her dad had really strong strong feelings about her, and she seemed complicated. <laughs> she seemed complicated. <laughs> I love that. It was like a very nice way to say, like, your mom's a mess. <laughs> Emma tells her that her mom's cell phone is no longer in service. That is what they were fighting about. Dylan says maybe she got a new number. Emma says maybe she forgot to pay the bill or couldn't afford it or just didn't bother telling him that she changed it. Emma says her mother reached out and she wants to see her, but she doesn't know where she is. A man, Emma's like, when Emma tells Dylan that her mom's cell phone's out of service, he's like, what? <laughs> I know. <laughs> so I was a little confused the first time I watched it, but I think I got it. Emma's never seen the letter or knows nothing about that at this point. She just... Right. Did she happen to try calling her mom and Will then told her that she visited and she came out here? I think Will told her. So he told her and then so she tried to call her. Yep. Alright. And I think she's just mad that Will made Audrey leave and didn't let her see Emma. You know, like, mm. she was there and I didn't get to see her. You know, she reached yeah. out. So. But he's remembering all the time she came. Right. And probably buddied up to both of them and then asked for money. Exactly. Well, it's, you know, I mean, he says she's thinking she has a daughter that isn't going to die. What that means to her, who knows? But I guarantee it's about her and not about you. So, that's pretty interesting, you know. It kind of supports. It's, kind of a, it's a sad thing to say to the daughter, but yeah, maybe it's just better that way. Well, know? it's got to be hard to watch your daughter. Maybe there have been times that Audrey's been like, I'm going to come out for your birthday or yeah. whatever, and then not come, you know. Yeah. It's got to be hard to watch your daughter be disappointed like that. Oh, yeah. You'd get very protective. You would. And it's probably easier to just put it like that now than give her false False, assurances at this point. Exactly. You might do that to a five-year-old, but at this point, it's just... It's still sad. It's all sad. Yeah. Because, yeah, on the rare occasions that Audrey and Emma talked, I bet you Audrey was full of all sorts of little promises. Like, I'll come out and see you next summer, you know. Sure. And when Emma's a little girl, she was probably like, Mom's going to come, you know. Mm-hmm. Little kids get their hopes up. Yep, and they... Um... They cling on to those things, you know. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you cannot say stuff that might happen to your kids because... It'll be 100% assured it's going to happen. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and furthermore, they pick up on more than you realize. And it was sad to say that she can't pretend anymore that she didn't know right. that that was going on. Right. Even as a little kid, she 
she picked up on it. Anyways. Um, okay. Next we see Romero in his office and there's a knock on the door. A woman opens the door and says that Rebecca Hamilton from the bank is there to see him. He has his new checks, she has his new checks, and asks if she could give them to him personally. He says fine, have her come in, and the woman says that's what I thought you'd say, and she opens the door more and Rebecca walks in. Romero tells her it's not a good idea for her to show up there, and she says she is there on official bank business, and she hands her a box of checks. She says she also wanted to say goodbye. She's going to Indiana to stay with her sixth mom, and there isn't anything keeping her there. <laughs> right? Hint, hint. There's, There's nothing keeping really me nothing, here. Right? This is <laughs> your last chance. <laughs> no, Rebecca. There's not anything keeping you here. Nope. <laughs> uh, she tells him everything they discussed worked out just fine, and she thanks him. Uh, I took that to mean that money is in hand. Yep. She tells him everything they discussed worked out just fine, and she thanks him. He reminds her the DEA called about her and tells her she might want to make sure they don't need her before she disappears. She says she needs to go be with her sick mother, and they can view that however they want. She tells him to take care of himself, and they hug. First question, is she really going to see her sick mother? No, I don't think so. Yeah. I think that's just a, everyone has the sick aunt, sick mother excuse. Right. You know? That's just, she is going to, he knows she's disappearing. <laughs> right. Um, she's the, she's the big manager. I guess she quit. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Cause it did seem like it was goodbye. Yeah. I mean, it would be kind of weird for a, a manager, a big manager, to just well, my mom's sick, I gotta go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that seems kind of suspicious. <laughs> it does. And Romero knows that. Yeah. And he... Well, and I think the DEA will see right through it, because that's just the oldest excuse in the book, you know? Yeah. It's complicated. It's... Yeah, I just don't. I. She's not going. She's not. She's going and coming back, or maybe somehow gets stopped by the DEA or something. Yeah, they've just shown such weird, erratic behavior with her vandalizing their house and showing up at his car that this isn't it. Well, and this show's too tight to. They've let other things drop, but that was an earlier seat. I, it just feels like, because, I mean, if none of this Rebecca thing at all had ever happened in this season so far, the season would still be exactly the way it is, you yeah. know? So they wouldn't do that, right? <laughs> no, I don't think, I really don't think they would. I have way more trust in this show. Yeah. There's no way she's gone. I don't think so. I guess so. we could spoil ourselves and see if she's listed um, more no, episodes yeah, than yeah. we've seen. I don't want to do that. But I don't either. Yeah. 
I would be really surprised if this is the last yeah. year. I'd be really surprised and kind of like huh. a little disappointed. Be what the bit. Okay, so next we see Norman typing up his release request letter. Dr. E walks in and asks him what he is doing. He is supposed to be in therapy. Norman says he wants to be discharged and is writing a letter explaining his reasons. Dr. E asks if they can talk about it, and Norman says yes, but he is not changing his mind. He wants to go home. Norman says he is willing to work with Dr. E on an outpatient basis, but he just needs to get home. Dr. E says he has the same goal for him. They work together so Norman can safely re-enter his home environment. Norman points out his blackouts have increased since he got there, and he says, doesn't that say something? Dr. E says it does, and I know it's not comfortable, but it's because we're doing the work. Norman says, with all due respect, I can't remember any of our work. I would also like to start medication immediately. Dr. E starts to protest, and Norman says, you said it would help control the blackouts. Dr. E says, medication isn't a guarantee that I'll sign your release. Norman says, and what happens if you don't? Dr. E says, I file an affidavit with the court saying that I think you may be a danger to yourself or others. Norman says, I am reasonably requesting to be prescribed something that you yourself said in the past might help me. Are you now refusing to do that? Should I make a note in my letter to that effect? Dr. E says, finish your letter, Norman, but we're not done with this. And he leaves. I just love how Dr. E works talks to him <laughs> yeah me too he's like finish your letter <laughs> put it whatever you want <laughs> are you reading that I had second thoughts I feel like I think with Norman's diagnosis I think that might be enough for a court to say you know what keep him in there and yeah I don't think it might be I think just the idea of having a dissociative identity disorder would be enough to maybe keep him in there even yeah. if he doesn't even say that it's quite violent it's that's i can that could be a danger to himself right just in general right knowing that he has a split personality which is i guess not quite the way they put it these days a disassociated personality well and he might have a case that Norman has only been there for two weeks, and it took probably a week to even diagnose this. So yeah. it's been a week, you know. Yeah. That might be enough for the court to say, uh, stay a little longer, you know. Yeah. Yeah, it might be. I know very little about um, these matters, I suppose. <laughs> yeah. But it seems like if a doctor is treating a patient and they've got such an important diagnosis, they could, you'd think the court would trust the doctor that he probably should stay in. I think it's more Dr. Edwards wants to have Norman on his side at the moment, and he knows Norman well enough that this is going to mm -hmm. shatter. If he doesn't go along with this right now, it's going to shatter all trust. Exactly. He's built. Yeah, that's kind of what I was saying before, that if he forces Norman to stay, they're not going to make any more progress. Yeah, he'll shut down. And so I think in Dr. E's mind, if he could at least see Norman three times a week, they might still be able to make some progress, you know. Yeah. Yeah, that's the way I see it. Yeah, I bet you, I bet you, 
Dr. Edwards could talk a court into saying at least, look, he's already been approved for three months. Give me those three months, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Not like a unending, you know. Right. But like a, let's please make him stay for those three months. <laughs> yeah. I just, I really feel like a court that sees these affidavits would probably really trust the doctor often yeah i think they'd often trust the doctor right i think it is more about trust with his patient i think so yeah oh there was one line norman says i want to discuss briefly oh his um that medication little thing um, he kind of didn't he kind of um, threaten him a little bit about the medication yeah he did yeah, yeah. he was like I could you know are you going back on your word about that exactly exactly I mean he's like throwing it back in his face like you're denying me medication that you said would help me Mm-hmm. You know, so already he's manipulating <laughs> Dr. Edwards. Mm-hmm. Yeah, should I make a note in my letter to that effect? <laughs> uh, that, just that little pissy side of Norman makes me want to punch him in the face. I know, I know. All right. Next, we see Dylan walk into the Bates house. He walks into the kitchen, and there are several jars of preserved fruit on the table. Oh, that's... I've got it. It was reminiscent of the pilot, and it is she... Julia, we got it. It is Norman walking in the kitchen and seeing a pot boiling. And being like, where's Norma? (laughs) Huh, I don't remember. Where was she? She was in the shower cleaning up. Remember, it, the pilot okay, opens up okay. with Norman waking up on his bed and he walks into right, the kitchen. Right. And she had left a pot on boiling and it's kind of bubbling over. That's it's, right, okay. And she's nowhere to be found. Yeah, I was wondering if it was in that house, not this house. Yeah. 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 Okay. We got it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> if she waits this long into the podcast to <laughs> say anything to us. <laughs> um. Just you saying a few pots boiling on the stove just made it all click in my mind. Yeah. He finds Norma in Norman's room sewing curtains and listening to Beyond the Sea. I thought that was a cute little callback, listening to Bobby Darren again. Mm-hmm. Bobby Darren was Dream Lover, right? Dream Lover. You were saying that? Mm-hmm. Okay. She must have pulled that record out again. Um, she says, Dylan, I'm making curtains. <laughs> and he says, someone downstairs is making jam. <laughs> <laughs> She says, I'm making that too. She says she is going to clean up the basement after. He asks, why all the sudden home improvements? She says Alex is helping her fix the place up. She's excited. She's been wanting to for years. She says, hey, I have a fun idea. Why don't you and Emma join me to get the tree this year? I got all excited because... I know, we're like, Christmas episode! (laughs) (laughs) It's going to be a grisly season. (laughs) Holy (laughs) dog! Oh, man, that just gave me the creep. <laughs> I can see it right now. I know. Uh, uh, 
you guys are moving so soon, and I thought it would be a nice thing to do together. He says, sure, then asks, how's Norman? She ignores him, and then he asks again how Norman is, and she <laughs> says, he said he wants to come home. You know, I won't let him. It's not time. He's just homesick. I'll talk some sense into him when I see him tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, you will. <laughs> Dylan says, you can't let him come home. Norma says, that's what I just said. Don't be dramatic. And she starts sewing again. Dylan turns off the record player, and she stops sewing, and he says, I need to tell you something. Norma says, oh my god, did Emma die? <laughs> Dylan says, what? <laughs> no, she says, Norma, no, I told you we'd go to the Christmas tree thing. She says, oh, right. <laughs> I just love that that's what she goes to. Did Emma die? <laughs> So fantastic. <laughs> she says, oh, right. Dylan pulls the letter from Audrey out and says, did you know Norman had this letter? It's meant for Emma. It's from her mom, and I found it here the other day. Norma says, here, where? Dylan says, in here, in Norman's room. Norma says, that's a weird place for it to be. Let me see it. Yeah, on, uh, I think it was on Twitter, or was it Facebook? We were. It was pointed out that he had taken that picture in to give Norman the picture of those two together. Oh, uh, I didn't see that someone had pointed it out. Because when I... Okay, then it must be Twitter. Because <laughs> when I saw this, I I was like, no, no, no. He was in Dylan's room. <laughs> <laughs> I went back. <laughs> I went back and watched the scene. And the cut from him picking up the picture in his room and suddenly being in Norman's room is so quick, it it's just not obvious. Oh, so it's a bad cut? Yes. Because I was like, nope, nope, nope. He was in <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it got pointed out to us. And I had watched, I did watch it again after it was pointed out, and I was like, oh, yep. Yeah. No, maybe it was just, I don't remember if I watched it or not. I think it was in the last episode kind of a mm thing but yeah okay so yeah he grabbed the picture out of his room and thought well norman should have this yeah i'll give him something to remember me so <laughs> that makes <laughs> i'm so glad that we found this out because that makes so much more sense that it would be in norman's room and not dylan's <laughs> and this is not the first time we've thought someone was in dylan's room <laughs> i know <laughs> we've we've missed which room one of the boys was in <laughs> has gone lots of hubbub and scuttlebutt. (laughs) (laughs) Our rooms look exactly the same. Oh, our theories about that money. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Oh, man. Okay. Do we really need to get straight who's... Put some paint on the walls, okay? Right. Make one room one color and one the other. Jose, <laughs> the help us out. <laughs> <clears throat> Norma says, here, where? Dylan says, in here, in Norman's room. Norma says, that's a weird place for I love that she's so... <laughs> <laughs> this will make a nice sewing room. <laughs> <laughs> just makes me laugh that you were like that's what you thought <laughs> Daniel thinks she's wistfully thinking of Norman zipping her up 
And you're thinking, she's like, hmm, this would make a really great sewing room. <laughs> the light is great in here. <laughs> <laughs> um, Dylan hands Laird a letter and says, do you think maybe she gave it to him when she stayed at the motel? Norma says, Emma's mom stayed at the motel. <laughs> Dylan says, Norma, her name was on the computer. Norma says, what are you trying to do? Trap me in a lie or something? Dylan says, why are you lying to me? Why didn't you just tell me that Audrey stayed at the motel? Norma says, I didn't want to say anything because the woman seemed like she was a mess. She was unstable. That <laughs> doesn't make any sense. <laughs> That's why you wouldn't want to say <laughs> She was unstable, fishing for information on Emma. <clears throat> I didn't want to get in the middle of it. Dylan says, you know what? Fine. But why didn't why did Norman have this letter? Norma says. She tried to give it to me, too, but I wouldn't take it. I guess she just gave it to Norman. Dylan says, wait, you mean they were alone together? You know that she never officially checked out. Norma says, what are you trying to say? He says, you know what I'm trying to say. She says, okay, say it. Say it out loud, because it is going to sound really stupid. <laughs> he says, Norma. And she yells, say it, Dylan. <laughs> Dylan says, Norma has a, he's got a violent side, all right. And I think he does things, and he doesn't know that he's done them. Norma says, that's a pretty liberal accusation based on a whole lot of nothing. <laughs> Is it though? <laughs> Is it though, Norma? Based on a whole lot of nothing. <laughs> Do you know how hard I've shushed all that nothing? <laughs> Dylan says, seriously? Norma says, okay, I agree this is weird that it was in here, but you know Norman. He has so much empathy, he was probably just trying to help her out, so I'd forget about it if I were you. You know, it would help Norma's case right here to mention that she basically kicked her out mm -hmm. and was like, you need to be gone in the morning. It just would seem, I think it would help her case I think <laughs> she <so> mentioned <laughs> that part. <laughs> I I would not take the letter, and I told her she needs to go, and you know. Yeah. Um. But she's just not the best about these situations. <laughs> <laughs> um. So I'd forget about it if I were you. Dylan says, "Yeah, well, you're not me, okay? And I care about Emma, and I'm just not gonna let it go. All right? I don't have the shusher you do." <laughs> I added that. She didn't actually say it. <laughs> Audrey came by the hospital, then she came here, but now Emma hasn't heard from her since, and her phone's been disconnected. So I'm going to try and find her. Norma says, okay, whatever, do what you think you gotta do. Voya con Dios. Dylan says, fine, I will, and I won't let him come home. And he walks out, and Norma yells, I already said I wouldn't. <laughs> Dylan <laughs> says, alright, bye Norma. <laughs> I love how Dylan just acts with her. I know. <laughs> Bye, Candias. <laughs> Is that the Spanish version of, like, que sera, sera? Uh I think it means go with God. Oh. Dios is... is... Oh, sure. Dios is God. I know con is with, and I think vaya means go. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> Just random, more random than I thought it was. 
so I loved that scene. I loved her yelling, I already said I would. <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> He's like, all right, bye, Norma. <laughs> and then what does she do? <laughs> Norman cries a couple crocodile tears and... <laughs> And home he goes. <laughs> yeah. How's she going <laughs> to explain that one to Dylan? <laughs> yes. She got Romero to backpedal pretty quickly. <laughs> I don't think Dylan's going to. I don't think Dylan's going to. <laughs> but yeah. I, I don't know. I just feel like. I kind of feel like Dylan's just jumping to some conclusions. I don't know. Yeah, I think he could easily. And I think... I mean, I wish Norma would have just said he was probably in the motel office. He is the manager. And she came in and gave him the letter, you know. Right. Why does it have to be awful, you know? Right. She, You know, she tried to give it to me. Right. I wouldn't take it, but... She ran into Norman and gave it to him. You know? Because she tried... No, she tried. She went up to the house for Norma, too. Yeah. I mean, I guess at this point... And Norma knows that he wasn't like... At that point, Norman was like in his... Had his... Uh, sports... His uh, <laughs> sports jacket... <laughs> manager jacket thing on. Right. And was seen in a hotel. He was um, all black outy and in a robe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I guess the phone being disconnected seems to really bother Dylan the most. So I guess that's what. And her not checking out. Right. So I guess I can see why he'd kind of jump. Plus, his brother does do weird things. And is violent. Dylan's been on the other end of that violence. Sure, but now you think about his, you know, what he learns and then his conversation with Emma and thinking, you know, it'd be, it's pretty easy at this that point to explain away the disconnected mm -hmm. phone that she couldn't pay her bill. Right. And like I said, Norma could have easily explained away the didn't check out because... She got kicked she out. Kicked her out. <laughs> right. What doesn't explain anything? So, so when Audrey checked in, Norma did not know she was Emma's mom, right? Uh, Norma didn't find that out until no. later. Audrey admitted that to her after she had checked in. So, but she was put in as Dakota. As Audrey Dakota, so Norma didn't Yay. put that together. <laughs> yeah, you're right. She, yeah. Whatevs. Weird. Yeah, whatevs. Plow. Um, yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Unless she had used a different name and Norma went in and changed it. I don't know. There's no way Norma would go in and... <laughs> I didn't think Now, that. it wasn't her. That was Mrs. Dakota. <laughs> we need accurate we record. Proof and record of that. <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay. So next we see Norman sitting alone in the cafeteria and his leg is shaking. He starts picturing Norma and Romero having sex, and the image of Norma turns around and smiles at him. <laughs> that was so creepy. 
<laughs> oh, Norman, stop right there. <laughs> Don't picture your mom having sex. That's so gross. <laughs> odd that she was backwards, too. Did anyone else find that odd? <laughs> <laughs> or is that just me? <laughs> it's a little odd, but I know it's a. There's a name to that position. <laughs> I'm sure it's a thing. <laughs> I think it's called the backwards cowgirl. <laughs> Thank you, Sue. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Just an odd thing for Norman to picture. I know. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, when she turns around and smiles at him, I was. Why would he picture that? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> okay. Because he's Norman. Here's <laughs> <laughs> his mom doing backwards cowgirl. That's why the guy. I bet After Buzz doesn't <laughs> tell you the name of the position. <laughs> they don't have time for that. That's the beauty of our podcast. <laughs> okay he closes his eyes and drops his fork and opens his eyes and he is sitting at the table with julian julian asks if he has started his meds and norman says no and julian asks if he sleeps and norman says not really julian says that will go away and he may even sleep more Norman says, I think I'll sleep better when I'm home in my own bed. I thought Norman said he had started medication. He says no? Yeah. No. I think he does after this, because he tells, I think, his mom that he started. But he says... That's weird, though, that they offered him medication days ago, or even a week ago, and he didn't take it. And then he said he's going to be compliant, and they're just not giving him medication? Yeah, I... I don't know what they were giving him at the beginning because, I mean, he just had that conversation with Dr. E about, so you're refusing to prescribe me the medication that you said would help me, you know? Yeah. Yeah, the home meds thing is kind of confusing. Yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah, Norman says, I think I'll sleep better when I'm home in my own bed. Julian says, you going to miss your mommy tucking you in? Norman just looks at him and Julian says, it's a joke, dude. Lighten up. I'm sorry if you're homesick. So I don't get the joke. Norman says he says he'll sleep better in his own bed, and Julian says, you're going to miss your mommy tucking you in? I think that was like... What? School ground boy, like, oh, you're going to make your mommy tucking you in. And Julian had no idea that he's like, no, actually, I'm going to miss... I miss spooning her. (laughs) (laughs) I know, but if he's going home, why is he going to miss her tucking her in? Tucking him in. Wouldn't he miss her tucking him in at Pineview? Oh. Do you know what yeah, I mean? I guess, I guess wording-wise. I didn't even catch that. I just thought he meant, like, 
do you miss your mommy tucking you in? I think that's what it's supposed it's to mean. Probably supposed to say. That makes more sense because I'm like, I don't get that joke because if he's going home, then she will be tucking him in. Yeah. You won't be missing it. Okay, so. I'm positive. I'm going with what was written on the closed captioning. Mm-hmm. Closed captioning. Maybe he did say, do you miss? And they put it as, you're going to miss. Okay. Yeah, or just, you miss. You miss your mommy tucking right. you in. Right, <laughs> So the gunna is the problem right there. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Oh, that's a pretty good joke, Julian. <laughs> <laughs> well played. <laughs> well played. <laughs> um, he says, it's a joke, dude. Lighten up. I'm sorry if you're homesick. Norman says, oh, no. I'm not homesick, Julian. I'm going home. Julian says, seriously? Norman says, yep. Julian asks if Dr. E had signed off on the paperwork, and Norman says, he will. Julian says, no, he won't. Even if he did, someone like you, you're going to boomerang back here in one, two months tops. That is, of course, unless your family freaks out and dumps you back here sooner. Norman says, someone like me? Julian says, I know you think you're different, playing all calm and nice, but you don't wind up at a place like this just because you're normal. Norman says, you're right, Julian. I'm not normal, but I'm also not like you. I may be crazy like you are, but I'm smart, and I can get myself out of this place because I want to. I know how to make the world see me as someone normal, someone kind, someone nice, and you just can't do that. That's why you're never going to get out of here. And Norman gets up and leaves. Uncalled for, Norman. Yeah. (laughs) So, for a second, like the first time I watched this, I was like, was that head Norma talking? Because. No, I think it was pissy a-hole Norman. Yeah, it is pissy a-hole Norman. So, smug, I'll add. (laughs) Yeah. Like, I know how to make the world think I'm, you know, normal. I mean, is that, that's implying that he does that a lot, right? Yeah. And I, uh, I believe that. Yeah. Interesting, though. It is. It's, It's interesting to hear him say it out loud. Yeah. I think that's what kind of throws me a little bit because I guess Norman's known for a long time that he's probably pretty messed up and he just puts on that face, you know? Yeah, but I also think he, you know, in his, on his best day, he really is a nice kid. I, that's the thing. I mean, I think he naturally is like, I think For he the was being kind of smug. Yeah, is that what it, okay. That he is nice and he has that persona because he kind of is and he knows how to play it to get what he wants. Yeah. I don't think it meant that he's really this person that um is not actually nice. Like he's been hiding this true persona right. of being a okay. pissy a hole. <laughs> I think he's kind of done with Julian. Yeah. Personally, I kind of am too. <laughs> yeah, me too. Because I'm more the person that would have gotten totally into the art project and would have been annoyed at the person like Julian that just kind of slaps 
It for as much as Julian complains about being stuck there, he doesn't help himself. No, to get and out. He's not, and so I think he likes being there. Absolutely, he's totally ingenuous, and it just—it's—I just feel like making. He's just so. It's like, man, you're obvious. Yeah. <laughs> making a piece of crap, you know, was your art project. I'm calling it a self-portrait. I'm calling it a self-portrait. It's like, oh come on, that's really obvious. Right. And a cry for an obvious cry for help and attention. But, you know, it sounds like he's been pretty messed up by his family and he's pretty messed up. Well, he's been there for four years. That's that's just such a long time. Yeah. But, you know, he isn't trying to get better. He I think right. this is where he gets the attention more than at home and he doesn't want to get better, he doesn't want to leave, but he says he Yeah. Oh, it's interesting. It was interesting to see that I was not expecting Norman to to talk to him like that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, next, we see Norma in Doctor E's office. She's telling him she doesn't think Norman should come home yet, and he agrees. I love because <laughs> Norman told her that he he'd straight up lied to her. Right. I know. She's like, oh, okay. You know, <laughs> like, oh, that makes more sense. Good. <laughs> Um, which should send up red flags when she goes to see Norman. <laughs> right. That should be like, wow, he out and out lied to me. Something's going on. Yeah, really. She's relieved, he agrees, and says she thinks Pineview is good for Norman, and she is glad he's going to make him stay. Dr. E's like, mm, not so fast. <laughs> <laughs> Norma, I'm not sure you understand. Norman does have the right to check himself out within the next 48 hours, and the only way I can circumvent that is if I petition the court and make a case as for why he might be a danger to himself or others. Norma says, he's not violent. Dr. E says, I didn't use the word violent. <laughs> they just kind of look at each other for a second. It's like, hell, I wish I hadn't said that. <laughs> <laughs> Nice going, Norma. <laughs> Norma says she's worried about his blackouts and asks if they are better. I love that. <laughs> so did you fix those? I don't know. She just, like, <laughs> changes the subject. <laughs> I'm worried about his blackouts. Uh, are they all done? All fixed? <laughs> yeah, I for a week. <laughs> um, Dr. E says he can't discuss that with her, but if she is concerned... She can petition the court and take custody of Norman and make him an involuntary admin. She says, so you want me to be the bad guy? Dr. E says, he doesn't see it that way. He's just telling her the options. Is uh, Now that I think about it, and I've kind of worked this out more as we're talking, he's probably really hoping she does that. I think he is. Yeah, I thought that Cause too. Because that would be the best way. Because that, like, you no. can petition the court. <laughs> that would, yes, kind of make you the bad guy, but that's kind of important that I'm the good guy here <laughs> if we want to make him better. Exactly. You, you, are already, you already kind of are the bad guy. You got him admitted, and, you know, you're the bad cop, good cop. <laughs> and that's kind of working for you. Yeah. But, um, he's just telling her the options. She says she can't do that. She can't go behind his back. 
She asks if it would help if she spoke to Norman, and Dr. Yi says he'd be grateful if she tried. And she asks if it would be appropriate for him to give her some pointers, and, she's, and he says he'd be happy to. He doesn't know that Norma <laughs> is going to be terrible at this. <laughs> 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 going to talk to Norman is not the way you want to do this. Nope. <laughs> nope. Maybe bringing Norman into the room where they are right now would be more helpful. Oh, and you know that Dr. Edwards just wants to do that. Like, I want to see this guy that changes into his mother and his mother. <laughs> He's got to be fascinated. He's yeah. got to be fascinated. Like, I'm sitting here with the woman <laughs> that he turns yeah. into. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, next we see Dylan outside a hardware store. He's calling the apartment complex Audrey lives in. Audrey's landlord says answers, and Dylan says he is trying to reach Audrey to Cody. And the landlord says, what a coincidence, so am I. Who are you? Dylan says he is her cousin and needs to talk to her about a family thing. The landlord says that when he finds her, to tell her she has some legal issues, too, if she doesn't pay the last four months in back rent she owes, plus moving costs. The landlord says she was officially evicted a week ago, and they had to hire movers to get rid of all of her crap. Dylan asks what she left behind, and the landlord tells him everything, and they hang up. Boy, I gotta just take a minute and applaud the job this lady did. I believed her 100% that she was a landlord. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't she just seem like that no-nonsense landlord that's just been to hell and back with her dad? Yep. <laughs> just won't take any crap? She did, and she did a great job. She that, did, that actress. And yeah, so Audrey's four behind, four months behind on her rent, <laughs> and wasn't evicted like a long time ago. Yeah, months. that's a for rent of an apartment. That is a long time that to is be a, behind. Yes, that is a very long time. For a house mortgage, you know those those evictions seem to take longer. Mm -hmm. But <laughs> yeah, crazy. So. So what does Audrey do? I mean, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it looked like a pretty crappy apartment place. So I can't imagine that rents too. I mean, it is California, so it might be. I picture her as maybe a just like a mooch, a, or even you know a server that can't keep a job or something. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. You know, she could easily maybe just work at a crappy diner you know well and dylan finding out from her landlord you know she's four months behind on her rent well then that makes sense that her phone would be disconnected too you know yeah oh yeah all right uh next we see norman coming down the stairs at pineview norma is waiting for him in the lobby they hug and norman asks what she's doing there he can't leave yet what are you doing here? I can't leave yet. <laughs> <laughs> she says she is not there to pick him up. She says she's really proud of him. <laughs> here she goes to uh, take all of Dr. Edwards' advice. <laughs> <laughs> she says she's really proud of him and the work he's done. She says she thinks it would be worth it if he gives it more time. 
She tells him we were so lucky to get him into that place. And he says, we? And she says, yeah, we. You and me, we. <laughs> but first, before she says that, she pulls his face. <laughs> the, oh, crap. Yep. <laughs> She's got a great, oh, crap phrase. And she pulls it a lot. <laughs> She's needed to in this episode. Maybe a little more than average. <laughs> Um, they go and sit down, and she tells him Dr. E is such a good doctor, but real change takes time, and he should work with him just a little longer, and he'll be that much stronger when he comes home. She says, that makes sense, doesn't it? He says, it does. I'm just wondering, Mother, is this your idea or your husband's? <laughs> this was the scenario Dr. Edwards didn't go over with her. <laughs> now she's lost. <laughs> I perfectly understand that newlyweds often want some time alone. Is that it? If I come home now, will I be in the way of your honeymoon? Norma says, I don't know what you're talking about, Norma. <laughs> he says, don't embarrass yourself by lying to me. And he pulls the newspaper clipping out of his pocket and shows it to her. She tries to grab it from him. <laughs> she says, okay, it's not how it looks. It's not what you think. I did it for the medical insurance. He says, I don't believe you. She says, Norman, no. Pineview is expensive. You needed help, and I did it for you, Norman says. He answered our phone. He was in our house. Have you been sleeping with him? Norman says, what are you talking about? She, she like, puts this disgusted look on her face. <laughs> kind of gestures and turns away from him. What? <laughs> <laughs> She's the best. Absurd. How dare you? <laughs> I can't even believe you're asking me this. He says, I can't believe you're doing it. She says, don't look at me like that. I can't bear it. Stop. I did it for the insurance. That's it. I swear, Norman, that's all. And he is a public figure. It has to look real. That's all it is. I swear. I love you. Everything I have ever done, I have done it for you. You are my child. You are my priority. He says, then prove it. She says, how? And he says, let me come home. She says, I don't think that's what's best for you. He's crying and says, please, mother, please. I have done everything that you've asked. I came here and I stayed and I made an effort and I've made progress. Even the doctor says so. And I'm taking medication and I'll be seeing Dr. Edwards. I just can't stay here. I want to be home with you. I need to come home, Mother. Please let me come home. She starts crying, and they hug, and she says, Okay, of course you can come home. I'm so sorry. He says, Thank you. I'll keep seeing Dr. Edwards, I promise. It makes me wonder now, who, what percentage of Bates Motel fans think he's sincere or total playing her like he played Dr. Edwards? Because I think he totally is playing her. I mostly think he's playing her, but his tears here just seemed so much more real than they did in that final scene with Dr. Edwards. Yeah, I'm, I, think he can, I think he can pull the manipulation from a deeper part of him. Yeah, yeah that's true. That's true. I think he was... It's possible. I will I will acquiesce that there's 
a small side of that that had some basis of sincerity. Sincerity, but I will not give it more than ten percent. <laughs> <laughs> Those are my numbers. <laughs> I I think it's mostly manipulation, but I agree. I think I think some of it could be sincere, and you know maybe manipulation does come from a sincere place. Like you know what buttons to push. Mm-hmm. You know. And he knows exactly how to push Norma's buttons and what to say and, you know. Oh, yeah. But. We just didn't see the grin of satisfaction. Exactly. After she left. But I bet it was there. (laughs) (laughs) I bet it was there. Yeah. He had to be more cry because he knows that she knows him way better than Dr. Edwards does, too. And she can probably see through. She bought it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, she's a mom, and yeah. I give her way more of a pass for buying it right. than Dr. Edwards. Right. Same. Same. I'm, I'm still surprised that... She's got the mom factor, and the mom factor's strong. Yeah. Especially between these two. I mean, these two oh, have yeah. a bond that... Not they all... have a cord... <laughs> yes, they have. it's not just a bond, it's a cord. <laughs> so, but yeah, oh man, her, what are you talking about? <laughs> was just one of my favorite things I've seen her do. <laughs> the look on her face was the best. <laughs> it was amazing. And I don't think, I don't think he believed her. <laughs> No, <laughs> he knows her too. It was way too overacting. Yes. <laughs> I think it sealed what he feared. Yeah, <laughs> totally. <laughs> yep, she's not a good liar. We have mentioned that. Yes. <laughs> um. So next we see Dylan and Emma in her bedroom. She is reading Audrey's letter. Dylan tells Emma he tracked down her landlord, and the landlord told him that her mom owed four four months back rent, so they had to get rid of all of her stuff and evict her. Emma asks Dylan if he read the letter, and he says it seems like she wants to get to know her and make an effort. Emma says what it says is that she wants to tell me about why she left. What it means is that she actually wants to tell me horrible things about my dad. Dylan says, are you sure? Emma says... All that stuff you found out about the disconnected phone, the back rent, it all makes sense. She's broke. She wanted us to, she wanted to make us feel sorry for her so that we'd bail her out. She did it a few times when I was a little until my dad finally told her to go to hell. I can't keep pretending like I don't remember that. She's not a very good person. I'm such an idiot. Emma puts a letter on her bedside table and lays down. Dylan lays down next to her and says, no, no. Emma says, it's fine. I don't need someone who doesn't want me. Dylan says, I want you. I love you. First thing that made me sad for all the kids that this has happened to, like the kids that have been raised by drug addicts, Mm -hmm. stuff like that. It's so sad. And this kind of brought up those kind of feelings. And two, Emma, when your boyfriend says I love you for the first time, maybe 
face him and give him a hug or something. <laughs> she just kind of looked at me. <laughs> yep. She just kind of smiled to her side and didn't even look at him. I thought that was weird. <laughs> if I was Dylan, I'd be like... <laughs> Please say it back. <laughs> Just uh, just put something out there. Yep. <laughs> Acknowledge it <laughs> in some way. That is so true. <laughs> <laughs> maybe she didn't think of it. I don't know. But maybe. Or maybe she squeezed him a little tighter and we didn't see it or something. Yeah. But... Just a little strange. Yep. Maybe that wasn't the first I love you. Maybe. Uh, I bet it was. Yeah, they don't not show the first I love you's on shows. <laughs> Too important. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, next we see Norman painting paper mache Juno. Dr. E walks in. Dr. E says, I feel like I owe you an apology. Norman asks why, and Dr. E says, you're smart, you're capable. You can understand more than many of my other patients. And as a result, I think I pushed you too hard. This seemed very calculated. On his part. Mm -hmm. Norman says, no, it's fine. I don't think he did. Dr. E says, a couple of days ago, I thought we were on the same page. What changed for you? Norman says, nothing changed. I just think I'll be better served in my home environment. Dr. E says, are you scared to go home? Norman says, no, of course not. Look, I feel calmer already on the medication. Dr. E says, okay, so you're calmer, but what if the blackouts still happen? Norman says, I know what you're doing. Dr. E says, what am I doing? Norman says, you're trying to scare me. Dr. E says, don't you think you should be scared, Norman? <laughs> <laughs> That's great. <laughs> when you have these blackouts, you become a different person, Norman. You move differently, you speak differently, you experience the world differently. You have different impulses. Now, if that happened to me, I'd be scared. Norman says, well, I'm not you. Dr. E says, no, you, Norman, are a kind, sensitive, empathetic, intelligent person. You disassociate because that version of you hasn't been capable of navigating your world. Do you really feel like you've done the work to change that? Norman says, I don't know. Then Norman starts tearing up and says, do you want me to admit I'm scared? Yes, I'm scared. I don't like that I can't remember. I don't like that I go away. But I am also glad, glad that I am taking the medication and hope it helps. And mostly, more than anything else, I'm so glad that I have you. I don't want to lose you, Dr. Edwards. I don't want to leave here and have you not care about me. But don't you think that it's possible that I might make even more progress if I'm near the person that makes me feel complete and whole and safe? And I would say no. I feel the exact <laughs> opposite. That sounds like a terrible idea. <laughs> if you turn into that person, I think you'd a little... A little distance. A little might be distance. A good idea. <laughs> That's exactly, exactly what you need. Yeah. <laughs> um, with you and with her, I really think I can get better. I really, really do. Do you? Will you please just give me this chance? Doctor E says, "All right." Then Norman says, "Thank you." Doctor E says, "We are going to start with three sessions a week." Three. And Norman says, "Of course." Doctor E says, "I've got you, Norman. I promise. I'll sign your release." Norman says, thank you, Dr. Edwards. Dr. E says goodnight and leaves Norman, wipes away the tears, and looks at Juno. And, man, they cut away, but a little smirk was forming. Oh. 
he didn't even need to smirk just the sudden like wiping of those emotions off his face oh and he just like was wiped them like well that worked you know yep. that they were gone yep yeah I, yeah, I'm just surprised, but they've got to they've got to write it that Norman comes home. So, yeah, like I said, this is serving the psycho it, story. Yeah, it's TV much better than him working out all of his problems <laughs> <laughs> in a mental institution. Right. Is, <laughs> yep. That can't be the story. And we fretted about it being the story. We're like, what? Let this, you know, how are they going to get out of this? Because this can't happen. Right. Right. He can't work out his problems. But I love that they tried. I love that we got that. I didn't expect mm-hmm. that in this show. Mm-mm. Nope, I love it too. Um, okay, so next we see Norma come home, and she walks in, and Romero is in the living room watching a giant TV. And he stands up and says, surprise! <laughs> <laughs> Norma says, you got a TV. He says, yeah, well, for you. Okay, fine, it's for us. <laughs> he looks over at the football game. <laughs> He's like, all right, for us. <laughs> and I love her little, like, grimacey thing. <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, he says, come on, you don't have a decent one anywhere in the house, and I know you like to watch old movies. I thought you might actually like seeing the picture, so I got the 60 hint. And hey, look, I picked up a couple of these guys. <laughs> and he holds up a couple of old movies. It was a fistful of dollars and the third man. Yeah, I wrote those down too. Which are probably movies that he likes, you know. <laughs> well, I was gonna say, <laughs> fistful of dollars. <laughs> when he thinks of old movies, he's like, "Ooh, fistful of Ooh, dollars." <laughs> old Clint Eastwood movies. <laughs> <laughs> Close but no cigar. I don't know. His, his idea of old movies are like made in the '60s, and she's like, eh, "I'm more of a '40s." <laughs> <laughs> More musical, less clinical. <laughs> um, she doesn't say anything, and he asks what is wrong. And she says, I went to see Norman, and I told him he could come home. He says, why would you do that? She says, because he's my kid, and he really wants to come home, and he said he would continue to work with Dr. Edwards. Romero says, Pineview is not close. And she says, so I'll have to drive him. He says, thanks for discuss- discussing it with me. And she says, Alex, please. Please, please, please don't be mad at me, please. And she walks over to him and hugs him and says, You can't be mad. I can't stand it. Please don't be mad. Please. I just couldn't tell my own son that he couldn't come home. He was desperate. He was begging me. He's my son. What can I do? Romero says, I understand. Norman says, He found out we're married, and that's a part of it. He's so vulnerable, so scared. I had to tell him it was just for the insurance. I know it's stupid, but I just couldn't tell him in the moment. I was afraid that it would undo all the progress that he's done. So I will tell him soon, okay? But just not right away. I've screwed everything up. Romero says, no, no. She says, yeah, I have. You bought me this big, beautiful TV, but I've just screwed it up. Romero says, no, no, you haven't. You did what you thought was right, the right thing, okay? You're a mother. I'm not. I've never been a parent. We're going to get through this, okay? And I'm going to help you. And I'm going to help Norman. He's never had a decent father figure in his life. He just needs to adjust, okay? You did the right thing. He's your son. I'm not trying to get in the way of that. She says, really? And he says, yes. All right. We can handle this. She says, I love you. And they kiss and cuddle. (laughs) (laughs) 
So yeah. Romero just he's just taking it all, <laughs> you know. I mean, he just kind of pandered to her. Yeah. But, you know, I think he was mostly pandering to Norma, and then I started thinking about his relationship he's had with Norma, Norman, and it's been mostly good. Mm-hmm. They've had a pretty good relationship, to be honest. So he's probably thinking, yeah, we can do this. And he doesn't know all the weirdness. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he, yeah. he doesn't. No, I just thought he took it pretty well. When he was mad at first, that didn't surprise me at all. No, and it was interesting to see that again. Uh, we haven't seen them like that for a little while. Right. Right. And it really upset Norma. Yeah. To see him like that again, I think. And yeah, she kind of turns into a child. I didn't mean to, you know. Yeah. Don't be mad at me. Please, oh, you're mad at me. No. I can't do it. No, no, please. <laughs> and I, I think actually hearing her history, maybe that alone, just the childlike way she reacted to him being mad made him think, mm, you know, backpedal, backpedal. Right. <laughs> she, she's not emotionally stable for me to display my emotions right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's just, well, I guess in order for Norman to continue seeing Dr. Edwards, he'd still have to have the insurance because if Romero didn't actually love Norma as much as he did, he could be like, well, I'm out of here. <laughs> mm-hmm. I did my part. You know, I got him into the place. <laughs> oh, no, that boy is still two feet in. Yeah. He's He's not happy about this and he shouldn't be. No, but I think he also does not get the full scope. I don't think he does. I think he's going to quickly see it. <laughs> oh, yes. He's in for a shock. Uh, is, Norman is just going to be so awful. To... <laughs> <laughs> we have not seen the last of, of pissy a Norman. Yeah. What's the other adverb <laughs> or adjective? <laughs> I can't remember what you said. Dill hole? No. <laughs> I did say that. <laughs> uh, there's another adjective in there somewhere. <sighs> It'll be interesting. Yeah. Yeah, because just the way... Going back when... Norma and Norman are in the lobby and Norman's like, he answered our phone. He was in our house, you know. Mm-hmm. He is not happy. <laughs> oh, it's it's not going to be pretty, but it'll be fun. Yeah. I'm not going to enjoy how it'll drive a wedge between her and the sheriff. That's not... I would... I hope it's more they sneak together and try and have moments together away from Norman and less um, her totally pandering to Norman and him getting upset and jealous. Yeah, but I think that's how it's going to go, though. Too. Boo. I know, because she... 
She will always pick Norman. Yeah, she will. No, even though she knows it's the wrong thing to do, you know, she's gonna probably pretty quickly forget how happy she's been these last couple of weeks. Yeah, and she's used to wallowing in misery. Yeah, and she, it's kind of her thing. She'll probably even like feel guilty about how happy she's been with him gone. Yeah, like letting herself be so happy with Romero, just the two of them. Yeah, it. The thing is, is my little romantic fantasy, you know, my whole, like, them dying together on the same night Mm -hmm. in each other's arms kind of a thing. That's my fantasy. That's what I want. And so that needs them. To me, it needs to make them stay together to make Norman get so upset that he kills them both. Right. And so that's how, that's really, that's the story I want to see is those two against Norman to where he gets so desperate and angry about it that he is forced to kill them together. Right, right. It's possible the show's totally going to kill off Romero first. You know, like a season. Like, they could kill Romero this season and then Norma at the end of the next season. But that's not, you know that's just, I just I don't see that happening because I hope not. It's really I, I think I really to die together. she <laughs> she is in love with Romero. He got away with killing Sam in her mind because Sam was a bad guy. Mm-hmm. Romero's not. Romero's like right. the opposite. He wants to help her improve the house. He loves her. He bought her a TV. He cuddles her. He zips her up. He nuzzles her. You know. He's the first healthy relationship right. she's had ever and so if Norman all kills, of that if, really plays into the story I want and the story right. that I feel plays best into the story sense. of Psycho as we know it yeah because if Norman kills Romero like say at the end of this season Norma won't forgive that no and in all honesty I think he's too popular of a character. I feel like they don't want to go an entire season without Nestor Carbon. Yeah, I really, don't, I really do. don't see that happening. I think if if Romero gets killed first, Norma gets killed later that night, type thing. Yeah, I don't, and that'd be okay too. Yeah, I I don't see it happening, and then several months going by with just Norman. Norman, it, I, she wouldn't she wouldn't get past that. Yeah. And if nothing else, it's the thought of them doing an entire season without Nestor doesn't fit to me at all. Mm-mm. No, he's he is too important to the story and he he is a favorite. So if we get a big kill, I see it. I hate to say it, but being Dylan. Dylan. Yeah. Me too. If it has to be someone, like, in the family. Yeah. Or Emma. Or Emma, yeah. Or Emma's dad. Oh, I don't know. I don't see much motivation. Unless someone discovers the body and... Right, because there's still that. I don't know how that would work, but... I don't know. I do not know. I have no idea what they have planned <laughs> for the rest of the season. I, I, I know. I have no idea. Beyond Norman just making life miserable. Right. But as for how these other little plots are going to 
happen? I don't know. Yeah, and is the pull of their relationship, her and Romero's relationship, enough at this point to really take his side when Norman gets home? That seems weird. But that's the way I see the story going. I see it as it's going to be a lot of Norma taking each one aside all the time and trying to be the peacemaker, you know? And honestly, it's whoever, whichever man she's with at the moment is going to be the one she's on the side of. Exactly. And I think that is honestly going to be true in her head. I think so, too. Yeah. And I've felt that before, having just not necessarily men but two people that are at odds and you're in the middle when you're you're in the middle and when you're with the one and they're telling their story you're totally on their side and it makes all the sense and then you go to the other one yeah. and you're like oh yeah you totally make sense i'm totally on your side right and i could see that easily being how it goes yeah it's already happened she was totally got on Norman's side (laughs) when she went to see him and then she goes home to Romero and she's like I screwed up (laughs) (laughs) but she really did and she knew it and she was Mm. going there never to say yes you can go home right and she told Dylan that she she was aghast that he would even I don't (laughs) think she I told you I wouldn't (laughs) and that's going to be an interesting conversation when Dylan finds out (laughs) she let him come home (laughs) Yeah. Her only other option, instead of letting him come home, her only other option would be to go petition the court for him to stay. Right. And she would never do that. She's always been so afraid of someone taking him away. Yeah. You know, that's just not an option to her. So she really didn't let him come home. I mean, you know, I... It would have been difficult. You're right. I mean, their hands were pretty tight. They really were. Yeah. I mean, there's no way she would betray him like that. She feels like she betrayed him enough by forcing him to sign himself in. Right. So. Yeah. Anyway. Um, So next we see the outside of Pineview cuts to inside and Norman is looking in a mirror. He turns around and an orderly hands him some pills and he puts them in a bag. (laughs) (laughs) The most old man. He's such an old man. (laughs) (laughs) Like he found that old shaving kit. Yes, he found that shaving kit in that house in the bathroom. (laughs) (laughs) It was like someone's great grandfather. It was Keith Keith Summers. Summers. (laughs) (laughs) He walks down the hall, passes Dickie. He walks, bye Dickie. Bye Dickie. We hardly knew ye. (laughs) We left, you know. (laughs) (laughs) He walks through the patient lounge and Julian is sitting there and looks at him. Then he goes down the stairs and Norma and Dr. E are waiting for him. Dr. E asks if he is ready, and Norman says he is. He walks up to Norma, and she hugs him, and they leave. Cuts to Norman, Norman sitting in the driveway of the house, and Norma says, Welcome home, Norman. And he says, Thank you, Mother. And they walk up to the house, and the episode ends. 
And man, so the camera, they do like one of those crane shots, like a, like it pans up yeah. to over the house and it shows that attic window. And man, I was cringing. I thought for sure we were going to see Audrey in there, like in that window. Oh, creepy. It seriously, the first time I watched it, I seriously was just like almost covering my eyes like with my hands like I don't want to see it I don't want because I didn't know if she was going to be like sitting there dead or like all of a sudden her face is in the window oh jeez oh it freaked me out and then when it didn't happen I was like man I really imagined I I swear I saw it <laughs> you know it was like <laughs> I was so sure it was going to happen you just gave me the chills oh yeah man, I'm scared to be home alone now I'm sorry always <laughs> <laughs> Rob is home <laughs> I fixated on the swing set. I'm like, oh, yeah, there's a swing set. <laughs> I didn't even see that. I just saw that attic window and went, no, 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 no. Because they, <laughs> they kind of paused on it for a few seconds. And I was like, oh, my gosh. And then it didn't happen. I was like, oh. You... Well, do you think she's up there? Well, I thought about it. And I was like, it would have made more sense if she was sitting there dead. Because if she was, like, up in the attic, they would have hurt her. <laughs> I thought that's what you meant, that she was dead up there. Well, in my mind, she was either, like, sitting there in a chair, dead, or all of a sudden, like, her face is there. Like, she's she wakes up or something. I don't know. I was picturing it either way. I was like, how are they going to do it? And then they didn't do it. And I was like, oh, they didn't do it. <laughs> She'd be stinky if she was dead by now. That's yeah. true. But, man, I don't know. They just, like, purposely showed that window, and it freaked me oh, out. Weird. Well, I didn't catch it. I didn't, like I said, I was fixated on the swing set <laughs> for whatever reason. <laughs> Yeah, good episode. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, it uh, it served its purpose. Norman is home. Yeah. Norma had one last hurrah. She got to can fruit and make curtains and finally be happy and want to fix up the home. And now that's all gone to shit. Yep. It's not okay. (laughs) (laughs) I think of that line a few times a day. Just (laughs) when things go wrong, I picture Norman saying, it's all going to go to shit. (laughs) 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 That one's not going to leave me anytime soon. (laughs) Yep. So what do you rate this one? Well, I think it was, it told a good story, and it moved the story along, and it had some fantastic moments, mm-hmm. but I don't rank it as overall as good as probably most of the episodes this season. Same. I don't know if that's just because it gave me such bad feelings, <laughs> and I'm so, I don't know, Norman... If Norman was ever in the mama bear bed, he's far away from it right now. You know? <laughs> he did not make a friend with me this episode. No, he didn't. He showed a really vindictive and bad side to him. He really did. Manipulative and just disappointing, but not surprising. 
And I, you know, I know his motivations. I mean, that kid, however much he, the side of him that is in love with his mother and, you know, I think it eclipsed anything he'd want to work on about himself. It eclipsed mm -hmm. him not wanting to be in love with his mother and being afraid of those feelings. It eclipsed everything. It was blind. This is not going to happen in my house. <laughs> yeah, it's really... It's really crazy that... He is just so unwilling to share her with anybody. You know? Mm -hmm. Dylan barely gets a pass. You know? Mm -hmm. And it's just sad that... He loves his mom... But, like, doesn't want her to be happy with anybody, you know? And that he's willing to throw away everything he's achieved in Pineview. Yeah, and it's it's sad Just that to he sabotage showed... her marriage, you know? Because I know that's yeah. what... Oh, that's his only motivation only, is yeah. to sabotage. He's got to get home and sabotage the crap out of that. And it's sad because he has expressed... Um, you know, that's what a lot of last season was about, is not wanting, you know, being afraid of these feelings he has for his mom. Mm -hmm. Um, she's been with a lot of men, though. Right. And he has no reason to believe that this is different. Right, and it makes logical sense that Romero's insurance is paying for Pineview, and the only way he could get on Romero's insurance is if his mother married Romero, you know? Yep. But he's just willing to... Granted, she doesn't marry most of these men. Right. But, yeah, it's just it's sad that he just won't let her be with anybody, you know? As soon as he finds mm -hmm. that out, he's done. He's going home. Yeah, and he'll do it. Sad. Yeah. It's sad for both of them. Yeah. But it serves the story. It serves the story, and boy, they, you know, we need, we can't forget what they've been through together. I know. There's that. And the, the tie that they do have, and why they have that tie, and... Right. It's when you remember all that, you uh, have to give them both a bit of a pass. <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah, I would say I would give this one like, I don't know, like an eight. Yeah, I think eight. Very decent. and Eight paper mache Junos. Mm. Or papier mache. <laughs> <laughs> Papier mache. <laughs> That's Seinfeld. Yep. <laughs> um, What's the other thing that she says pretentiously? Uh, I can't remember. Is it someone's name? Some, yeah, something like that. Ugh, it's been, it's a, been long a long time, time since, since I've, I've watched yeah. any episode of Seinfeld. Same. Same. It's been a long time. Is it on Netflix? I totally watched the crap out of that show. It's on either Netflix or Prime. Or both. Since they took the Dick Van Dyke show off, I need another show like that. 
to just put on when I'm doing housework or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have a what the bib? Um, I am going to what the bib. Even Norma, a superwoman, buying fabric and fruit <laughs> and preparing all the fruit. <laughs> I know. Totally. There are a lot of jars of fruit. And they're all kids. different kinds. <laughs> I know. That's a lot of work preparing all that fruit and buying it, finding it. It's December. Exactly. Let's September in forget. the Northwest. I think it's, of going to yeah. fruit stands. That's what we do in Utah, you know, December. when this fruit is in season. Exactly. But I guess she could no. have gone to the closest Costco. Yeah, but that's not fruit you can. You, you go to the farmer's market. You do, but when you have the yen and you're Norma, <laughs> you've got a fistful of dollars. <laughs> Sanitizing the jars alone takes forever. I know. And preparing the fruit. And, yeah. And curtains on top of it. That is so funny. How long do you boil it? To can it. It's a good 20 minutes, it, 30? It depends on the what it is and what yeah. their acidity level is. And some things are 20 minutes, some things are like 40, 45. All right. So I guess a 45-minute fruit, you can go run upstairs and, and do some curtain sewing. And she's going to clean the basement when she's done with the curtains. <laughs> Not to mention the kitchen was quite pristine. Oh, I know. When I'm doing something like that, my kitchen, a bomb, exploded fruit all over it. Yes. <laughs> yes. So, what the bit? Yeah, I mean. She did all that in a couple hours? <laughs> seriously, I already have it, like, on the calendar. I have a week off in September just to can. Because <laughs> <laughs> it takes forever. So that's that's yep. what the bit. Plus, she was going to clean the basement. Oh, Norma. <laughs> I wish I had your energy sometimes. I know. <laughs> we should all be so lucky to have a fourth of the energy Norma has. <laughs> I mean, I have had those days where I, at the end of the day, I'm like, dang, I did a lot, you know? Sure. But I can tell you right now, I have <laughs> never thought about going out. And instead, make a turkey pot pie from scratch. (laughs) (laughs) That has never happened, nor will it ever happen. Nope. So, yeah, what the bit. How many hours does Norma get in a day where, okay, so we get 24. We sleep, say, eight of them. She must have, like, 48-hour days. (laughs) (laughs) We've said it before and we'll say it again. Norma has some long ass days. <laughs> yes, she does. <laughs> A lot of stuff happens. <clears throat> so, yeah. I absolutely do not have a spoiler section for this. I don't remember even seeing a preview this time. I saw it, but I only remember one, like, tiny, tiny little part of it. And it's just not even worth talking about. Alright, and it's late. Yes, it is. So No spoiler section today. Nope. So, so yeah. Send us feedback. If you want to send us a comment card, send it to yesmotherpodcast at gmail.com. 
Someone give write us a favorable iTunes review. <laughs> <laughs> Balance those scales, please. And <laughs> <laughs> that's just so funny. The ones that have been bad, I've just been like, eh, "Who needs you?" Oh, yeah, we don't. We don't have very many. We have far more good ones. But... If this last one that we read today hadn't ended with. The after buzz being a hundred times, times better. I would have been like, "All right, he's got a point," you know. But that <laughs> right. just negated everything you said before. <laughs> it it made me feel much better about it. <laughs> me too, exactly. Because <laughs> it's like, okay, so you're that okay. kind of person. All right, you're not our audience. <laughs> nope. <laughs> I'm perfectly fine with yep. that. So, but yeah, someone give us a four or five star. So. Yep. All right. Well, we got three more. <laughs> three more exciting ones. I I know it. I think so. This one was the one that was um, directed by Nestor. Yes, the next one is Freddie is the one that Freddie wrote. Mm-hmm. He probably gave himself some great lines. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this will be fun. Yep. it'll be. That'll be interesting. Yeah. So. Okay. Well. I guess cool. we'll talk about it next week. All right. All right. We'll see you then. All right. Talk to you later. Hey, I had a fun idea. Why don't you and Emma join me to get the tree this year? Mm-hmm. You guys are moving so soon. I thought it'd be a nice thing for us to do together. Yeah, sure. That would be so great. Hey, how's, uh, how's Norman? How's Norman? He said he wants to come home. You know, I won't let him. It's not time. He's just homesick. I'll talk some sense into him when I see him tomorrow. You can't let him come home. That's what I just said. Don't be dramatic. Oh my god, did Emma die? What? Oh, Jesus, Norma. No, I just told you we'd go to the Christmas tree thing. Oh, right. Did you know that Norman had this letter? It's meant for Emma, it's from her mom. And uh, I found it here the other day. Here where? In here, in, in Norman's room. That's a weird place for it to be. Let me see it. Do you think that maybe she gave it to him when she stayed at the motel? Emma's mom stayed at the motel. No, but her name was in the computer. What are you trying to do? Trap me in a lie or something? Why are you lying to me? Why didn't you just tell me that Audrey stayed at the motel? I didn't want to say anything because the woman seemed like she was a mess. She was unstable, fishing for information on Emma. I didn't want to get in the middle of it. Well, fine, but why did Norman have this letter? Oh, she tried to give it to me, too. I wouldn't take it. So I guess she gave it to Norman. What, you mean they were alone together? No, she never officially checked out. What are you trying to say? You know what I'm trying to say. Okay, so say it. 
say it out loud because it's going to sound really stupid. Norman. Say it, Dylan! Norman has a... He's got a violent side. All right? And, and I think that he does things and he doesn't know that he's done them. That's a pretty liberal accusation based on a whole lot of nothing. Seriously? I mean... I, I Okay, I, I agree. This is weird that it was in here, but... You know, Norman... He's so much empathy. He was probably just trying to help her out. I'd forget about if I were you. Yeah, well, you're not me, okay? And, and I care about Emma, and I'm not just going to let it go. All right, Audrey came by the hospital, and then she came here, but now Emma hasn't heard from her since, and her phone's been disconnected. So I'm trying to find her. Okay, whatever. Do what you think you got to do. Vaya con Dios. Fine. I will. And I wouldn't let him come home. I already said I wouldn't! All right. Bye, Norma.
Seven. 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 Mm. I know. <laughs> There's only three left. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to be really intense. This is where I want to just stop watching and then watch them all in one night. Exactly. Because <laughs> they're probably going to be amazing. <laughs> okay. This really... This... <laughs> I should probably make <laughs> she, she might be hanging off her bed or something okay. go, go check on her <laughs> oh she's just awake and can hear me talking in here and was just like <laughs> mom no, that was Eleanor for mom 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 come in here mom <laughs> Did she smile when you came in? Oh, the second she saw me, she was so excited. Oh, she's so cute. And she, the first thing she did was rip my glasses off my face. <laughs> <laughs> just very exciting that she woke up in the middle of the night and can hear mom just chatting away. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's so quiet. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Poor bunny sprained his ankle. So you don't know how? Oh, probably just playing ball. Hmm. She's like, has he had any exertion lately? And I was like, no. His whole life is exertion. Does playing ball about 45 minutes a day count? He's like, yes. <laughs> She's like, he probably twisted it or maybe stepped on a, ran on a sharp rock and bruised his paw or something or pad or something, you know. Yeah. So... I was glad to hear that. Yeah. We just couldn't figure it out, and we thought for sure it was like a thorn mm -hmm. that got like broken off, like one of those goat head ones or something, like right. broke off into him. And I was like, man, what if it gets infected? So I was like, I'm taking him in. <laughs> <laughs> And, of course, he doesn't limp at all while he's there. And he's, like, jumping up on the bench and jumping back down and back up. And she's like, oh, and I'm like, I'm not crazy. I promise you. 
<laughs> I'm like, he was limping last night. And when he stood, he'd lift his one paw up so he didn't put any pressure on it. I said, I swear. <laughs> I'm not one of those weird people that brings their dog in for every little thing, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And that's the only event I've ever taken him to, so she could tell. Anyway, he goes once a year for his shots. And that's about it. So. Anyway. And we were home from the vet by about 10.40, so we probably could have recorded this morning. (laughs) But I figured it's probably really boring for Scout to be home and you spending hours recording. Yeah, not to mention the interruptions. (laughs) Yeah, so I figured, eh.
dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to get through this thing called life. Electric word, life, it means forever, and that's a mighty long time. But I'm here to tell you, there's something else. The afterworld. A world of never-ending happiness. You can always see the sun. Day or night. So when you call up that shrink in Beverly Hills, you know the one. Doctor, everything will be alright. Hey, I had a fun idea. Why don't you and Emma join me to get the tree this year? You guys are moving so soon. I thought it'd be a nice thing for us to do together. Yeah, sure. That would be so great. Hey, how's, uh, how's Norman? How's Norman? Oh, he said he wants to come home. You know, I won't let him. It's not time. He's just homesick. I'll talk some sense into him when I see him tomorrow. You can't let him come home. That's what I just said. Don't be dramatic. I need to tell you something. Oh my God, did Emma die? What is... No, Jesus, Norma. No, I just told you we'd go to the Christmas tree thing. Oh, right. Did you know that Norman had this letter? It's meant for Emma, it's from her mom. And uh, I found it here the other day. Here where? In here, in, in Norman's room. That's a weird place for it to be. Well, let me see it. Do you think that maybe she gave it to him when she stayed at the motel? Emma's mom stayed at the motel. No, but her name was in the computer. <laughs> what are you trying to do? Trap me in a lie or something? I... Why are you lying to me? Why didn't you just tell me that Audrey stayed at the motel? I didn't want to say anything because the woman seemed like she was a mess. She was unstable, fishing for information on Emma. I didn't want to get in the middle of it. You went fine, but why did Norman have this letter? Oh, she tried to give it to me too. I wouldn't take it. So I guess she gave it to Norman. What, you mean they were alone together? No, she never officially checked out. What are you trying to say? You know what I'm trying to say. Okay, so say it. Say it out loud, because it's going to sound really stupid. Norman. Say it, Dylan! Norman has a... He's got a violent side. All right? And, and I think that he does things, and he doesn't know that he's done them. That's a... Pretty liberal accusation based on a whole lot of nothing. Seriously? I mean, I... I okay, I, I agree. This is weird that it was in here, but... You know, Norman, he's so much empathy. He was probably just trying to help her out. I'd forget about it if I were you. Yeah, well, you're not me, okay? And, and I care about Emma, and I'm not just going to let it go. 
All right, Audrey came by the hospital, and then she came here, but now Emma hasn't heard from her since, and her phone's been disconnected. So I'm trying to find her. Okay, whatever. Do what you think you gotta do. Vaya con Dios. Fine. I will. And I wouldn't let him come home. I already said I wouldn't! All right. Bye, Norma.